Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
to thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. Uh, tonight we will welcome back on our show uh, Dr. Charles Tolbert. Uh, he was a long-term uh, panelist on the show for a while. He's certainly been uh, busy, so we'll be talking uh, with him tonight. Uh, and my opening comments is uh, going to be brief more than I have other nights uh, on the show. And as you know, many states uh, in America are working to stop the left from indoctrinating our children through teaching them critical race theory. Uh, and what the left isn't only using the critical race theory is, which we're going to talk about tonight with Dr. Tolbert, uh, using other things to divide us. And what we're going to talk about tonight is recently you've probably been hearing the push for children now uh, to get vaccinated. Uh, against COVID-19. Now, Democrats and their sycophants in the so-called media, uh, who are supposed to be the party of science, is ignoring how children are not as detrimentally affected by COVID-19. The left needs to divide us, and we're going to talk more about that. Uh, but before we bring him on, uh, just want to direct you to uh, just check out all of the uh, different articles you may hear tonight with the videos from the Bard's Logic newsroom by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and check those out there. While there, you can subscribe to the newsroom, uh, and then it'll just get a weekly, so you're not going to get inundated with emails uh, the once a week. Uh, reminder that the Bard's Logic newsroom is open. And also, while you're here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, you can follow the show, which would be appreciated, and you'll just get weekly updates on the show is about to begin. So certainly share that with uh, your friends so they can uh, even be a part of the show or listen to our podcast. We also have some really good information. And also uh, join us. We hope you will join us on our special edition next Monday, May 10th, at the regular time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, when Bard's Logic interviews Adam Kinzinger's primary opponent, uh, Jack Lombardi. So we will be doing a special edition on Monday, May the 10th, at our regular uh, time at 10 p.m. Eastern. So we are really looking forward to that interview uh, with candidate Jack Lombardi. Again, he is running against Adam Kinzinger in the primary. So I believe we do have... Uh, Dr. Tolbert back uh, on the show, and we have his line here. So uh, let's uh, opening up area code six seven five seven six five. Thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, this is Steve. Oh, Steve. Okay. Well, Dr. Tolbert hasn't signed uh, in yet. Uh, just push the one on the number dial, and we'll get uh, the other callers in. But if you would like to open it up, Steve, while we're waiting for our guest uh, to call in, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's it's all about um, divide and conquer, uh, you know, vaccinated against unvac versus unvaccinated, black against white. Mm-hmm. It's all about divide and conquer and accomplishing those goals of the Georgia Guidestone, killing 7 billion people, uh, um, you know, purchasing farmland and creating artificial famines. Uh, there's talk about Bill Gates buying up 18 farmland that's the size of 18 states and the main purpose is synthetic beef and uh, artificial famine so you know um, 
it's going to be a discussion whether if the Republican state should uh, deal with uh, land that should be farmed and it's not being farmed because we have people buying up land and not using it, and then we're dealing with food prices skyrocketing at the same time. So that's going to be uh, uh, a state a state political debate as well regarding uh, farmland not being used. And yeah, certainly. Really well, certainly uh, y'all certainly want to hear more about uh, more about that. So, um, but we do have our uh, our guest uh, today. We have Dr. Tolbert. Definitely keep on the line. I want to hear more about that, and I certainly want to talk more about that. Yeah, because we, we we hear little whispers here and there about synthetic beef, and you'd be don't give. Let's not give it away for the audience. Some probably know, and some may not, what the synthetic beef is going to be made from. At least some of the articles I read. Not all of it, but some of it. Don't don't give it away, Steve. Uh, we'll we'll surprise the audience when we get to that. Uh, but we do have Dr. Tolbert on the line, uh, and we are going to uh, be discussing with him uh, the critical race theory and how they're trying to put those in school and how the some states are fighting back. So if you don't mind, Steve, I'll uh, uh, mute your mic, but I will keep you in the show. And then once we uh, you know, go through our discussion here with Dr. Tolbert, of course, we will bring you in for your comments on uh, his topic as well. But let's go ahead. Uh, so I'll mute your mic, and I will bring it back in, uh, Steve. That's for sure. I definitely want to hear more about what you what you brought up in the beginning of the show. Certainly. Uh, but let's go ahead and welcome uh, Dr. Tolbert. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I appreciate it. When it's been so long since I've been with you guys, I forgot to push one and get myself back on the show with you. It's been a great pleasure, and you know what we've discussed in the past, Robert, and I'm just going to give a little bit of background uh, conversation on the electors and common core and the Supreme Court and the articles we've written, and you can go to theduty.org and get a little bit of background. Uh, my historical you're, you're background is... You're breaking up just a little bit. I'm sorry, Dr. Tobin. You're you breaking up just a little bit on your phone, yeah. How about whatever you're calling in on? Yeah. You hear me now? Uh, it's still breaking up just a little bit there. Yeah, I wonder if, okay. Um, let me see if I should call on a different telephone number. Let me let me try that. Hold, hold one, uh, Robert. Sure. Yeah, uh, sometimes it just happens that way. I'm going to call you on my 561 number. Okay, in, we'll, 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 we'll get you in. I certainly, yeah, Steve brought up earlier. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about that with uh, the synthetic meat. Yeah, I read an article uh, the other day where – now, it's not going to be about the surprise ingredient, uh, but I've heard about that too, where they're talking about doing 3D printing of meat. Where, where uh, they're talking about doing 3D printing of meat, uh, 3D printing of meat and then just flavoring it I guess, with different powders or chemicals or whatever. Uh, but we'll talk more about that when we bring Steve back in uh, to go over the divide and conquer and buying up farmland and things of that nature. And from my understanding, uh, China is the one doing a lot of that. But let's go ahead and bring in uh, Dr. Tolbert. Uh, let's see how that sounds, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, you hear me better now? Oh, yeah, that's much better. 
Okay. I don't know why the iPhone 7 works better than the SE, and next week I get an iPhone 12, and maybe we can solve the problems. Uh, let me just go back and just do an overview that in the past conversations, you know, you and I had been into the electors and we went into Common Core, bring jobs home, and, and I very shortly is systematic theology through the spiritual line is walking your vision university for the people who don't know my military background, retired, uh, my doctor degree with NOVA in education. Uh, we're now doing international teaching uh, in about 40 of the 195 countries with the goal to set up universities in 195 countries. The objectives that we're on tonight is to, does the federal government have the authority over the states in education? This was an email that we got from several individuals that were discussing what they call the ELA, capitalized. It's called English Language Arts is the three categories that the federal government, the Department of Education is laying down on the states. Now, under this, they're saying that if a state follows the procedures of the outline being set, will be given a grant and being paid to change the directions. This is exactly what took place 10 years ago when they went with Common Core. So there's a debate going on under the Amendment 10 of the Constitution. Does the federal government have the right to dictate education to the states? And, of course, you know, we get into the Constitution and we go back and say, no, you know, the federal government has 18 authorities and people want to go to the website again calledaduty.org, it gets into the 18 authorities that the federal government has and the misplacement and the misrepresentation. So DeSantos was sent a article uh, of signatures to debate the governor of Florida rejecting the ELA put on him by the Department of Education there should be a total review of the document prior to the initiation of the training or the text or the outline. And all the ELA is is an outline of how they're going to pursue education. Well, the, the issue is education is not about English, comma, languages, comma, arts. It's about technology, production, it's about uh, the Constitution. It's about the historical data. It's about the implication of past uh, things. It's, it's about uh, why are we uh, wanting to teach uh, about a certain group of individuals versus other individuals? Why are we allowing uh, the Koran to be taught in the universities and the schools showing that it's uh, – impact or non-impact on the American society versus the structure and how America first formulated and how we got to it. So we know there are the seven articles and we know there are the 27 amendments. Under the 
articles in the 27 amendments, the question is which amendment actually prevents the federal government to displace us in the standards a state teaches education. Of course, this goes back to the 10th Amendment, which says anything not covered in the Constitution, Articles 1 through uh, 7 and the 27 Amendments, then has the state rights to reject. Well, what the states do, they get multi-billions of dollars from the federal government in education And when Trump originally took office, we asked that they close the Department of Education because it was an illegal federal government resource dictating the implication of teaching, training of students within the 50 states and its territories. There was supposed to take place. It did not take place. And now you have a new agenda based on a socialist Marxism attitude. Now, we can get into the political viewpoint of Biden or Trump or uh, the people that are heading up the Department of Education, or we can strictly just stay with the Constitution. And why would a state not train individuals according to the state's need for its own production? So now we're in Pakistan, for an example. Pakistan is 1% Christians. Of the 1% Christians, we're working with over 100 churches in Pakistan. Think about that a second. And the highest orphan rate and the lowest education is in the country of Pakistan. So our agenda does not come into Pakistan as we would come into 50 states, which are 50 countries. And everybody has to go back and remember, a sovereign state is a country that's within the realm of the 50 of the United States, and there is still the implication of the 1878 laws, 1879s, the incorporations, and how this all displaced the power of a country, a state whether you want to talk about Florida or Missouri or whatever, I'm I'm picking Pakistan out and and using it as a comparison because there's a country that has many issues that are re-educating, resetting up, and yet it's one of the highest Muslims countries, the highest number of orphans, the highest number of unemployed, the highest number of virus, the highest number of issues, but yet it is now working more and more toward bringing its country back into a productive mode and setting up education, not based on somebody going in and saying, we want to educate you. We're going to provide the ability, knowledge, the the ability for production, the ability to do these things. So when we look at can we put a university together in the state of Florida, can we set up these universities in the 50 states and the territories, can we go through the 195 countries in the next five to ten years, and this goes back to the book Systematic Theology, how to organize, how to establish, how do you put it together, and how does this become Christian teaching? Because the United States was based on Christian teaching. If we EOA we again go back into Common Core, which again takes us out of Christian teaching. 
and it then will say because I am a African American or because I am a black person or because I am of a different race or because I'm homosexual or because I'm uh, bisexual or because I'm from Asia or because I am this. They're not teaching the historical data, which has been taken completely out of the schools. They're not getting into the, if I get an education in my time and I find my intelligences in a technical viewpoint, how do I become productive? How do I bring America? So we took America out of this cycle, bringing in China, India, uh, Vietnam, uh, all these countries to become productive by teaching a level of education did not allow us to be a productive state. It, it took away the historic. How did we get established? How did we come together? How did we sign? How did we put this all together? And then we go back into the fact that under the Constitution, the federal government has 18 rights over the states. These rights don't fall under the Tenth Amendment. Therefore, the state has the authority. And I want to keep bringing that subject up as you get new listeners tonight, that there are many things that were breached by the Supreme Court, not only the ELA, but we get into uh, the marriage and how the Supreme Court ruled, or we get into the executive branch, how executive orders overruled the rights of the state, how the uh, Congress uh, established laws that were not uh, in line with the Tenth Amendment, because the Fourteenth Amendment underlined and, and took a lot of the authority away from the Tenth Amendment, where the Tenth Amendment gave the states' rights. You know, and now they're talking about the uh, territory uh, I call Washington, D.C. a territory. Uh, it is getting it to be a state. Illegally can't be because, one, it no longer belongs to the United States. It still belongs to England under the money they brought after the Civil War. So the whole capitalist movement, uh, under the education program, uh, well, Doctor Tober, it sounds like they don't want to. Uh, NSA Bob doesn't want to hear what you got to say. Keep now, you, you, you I lost your audio again. <laughs> oh, we, we we lost his audio. Um, so I'm sure we'll be. Uh, I'll be, be getting it back in. So in the meantime, uh, you should be calling back shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, any of that, uh, we'll bring go ahead and bring Steve back in uh, and see if you had any comments uh, that you want to make on so far what you've heard from Dr. Tolbert. Uh, yes, the educational system uh, very, very important with the indoctrination. And because um, if the education system aligns with the mainstream media, with Hollywood, the movies and everything, then you can get a society that's going to believe in an alien invasion because it's taught in school, it's taught in the movies, it's in the video games. It's Ronald Reagan talked about, it. you know, what would we do if we had an ex, you know, extraterrestrial threat? You know, we would have to have a... Uh, one world government to fix that problem to keep everybody safe. So, you know, and then the 
uh, green agenda, going green, and uh, uh, carbon taxes, which would uh, impoverish the third world and kill off more people. So, uh, and then you get to indoctrinate the children with, hey, you know, there's too many people on Earth, seven billion. There's just too many people on Earth. Join our universities, and we'll help you guys reduce the population. You know, indoctrinate them. Uh, the Hunger Games, you know, uh, make that a part of normal society. The Stockholm Syndrome is where you, uh, where a victim is, you know, uh, gets so used to the abuser, and and and, and so you get to indoctrinate them. Uh, and taking prayer out of schools was like a major, major, major. Uh, Indictment on Christians and how they want to get eliminate Christians and promote a Luciferian. You can be your own God. It's all about making money, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. A lot of this, I mean, the 80s, the 25-year plan uh, to reduce moral values in the country. Um, the uh, Yeah, yeah, moral values. 25-year uh, plan from the 60s. Uh, from the 60s to the 80s, uh, they did. They wanted to, America's moral values. They wanted to eliminate that, and so having sex and uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll was a part of the uh, uh, reducing the moral values of the country. Uh, Hugh Hefner, CIA. Um, you know, so it goes deep, man. But you have to have the indoctrination. You have to have that. And we got Dr. Tor back on, so we're going to bring him back in, um, and we will bring you back uh, as well, because again, we certainly want to want to talk about what you you were saying with the end of the, the farms and you know buying up land, and, and I think we're also getting getting into uh, uh, depopulation, and is, is I think where we're we're headed to, but in our discussion. So let's go ahead and bring in uh, Dr. Tolbert, and then Dr. Tolbert, uh, Indy Queen in the chat brings up, uh, you know. A good point, when, you know, and it would really get rid of this critical race theories is because I think the race category uh, should be removed. I mean, who's white, black, brown? It shouldn't matter. And I, I think getting rid of the, you know, the terms, you know, African-American, uh, you know, Asian-American, you know, Native American, you know, American things, you know, things of that name, maybe not Native American. I mean, that technically is true, but. But just get rid of all those, whatever it is, you know, hyphenated American. And let's, how about we all just be American? I mean, I don't go around saying I'm a I'm a I'm a, uh, a Euro American. <laughs> so it's like I just say, oh, I'm American. I don't say um, I'm Euro Native American, you know, because I've, I've got uh, Native American in my ancestor as well as European American, but I mean, I don't go around saying that, so I will get rid of all these hyphens, but, but go ahead. Now, again, uh, Robert. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just want to reemphasize that because I'm totally against driver's license and other things putting down the fact of your gender or putting down uh, the Hispanic background, uh, even on the birth certificates and things that we're doing we're one of the few countries in the world that are actually doing this. And other countries uh, aren't putting down, they're, they're saying you're Trinidadian. 
uh, they're not saying you came from India or that you have a black background or, you know, the same thing with every place that we visit and every place we talk to. So the whole objective of the separation through the educational system is to cause trials, tribulations, and turmoil. That's, that's the reason. Uh, when we had talked before about the subject that was brought up about the U.N., and the United Nations, uh, you know, uh, the uh, other issues of climate control. Uh, we, we, we get into this over the years that Biden just put back the French Accord and uh, that these issues are all being falsely represented. This goes back to education again, you know, where we were start talking with the ELA and uh, how they are conveying information that they did under Common Core to destroy uh, the students from learning. And any subject you pick tonight, whether it's the production of uh, a farm animal and how China has bought all the land and now is being productive and and is now leading and has more schools uh, in the United States that they are actually owning uh, the federal government's involvement in it, how we are becoming what they call a 10-divided uh, 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 block that the U.N. has set us up under the climate control and how the United States territories, because we can't call states on new terms, uh, that was divided by the U.N. and it was for the climate control. Wanda, what uh, is going on with poor Dr. Tolbert's uh, phone tonight? Uh, it just keeps uh, just keeps getting uh, disconnected here. Uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll call him back in. And yeah, and, and all of this, you know, it, it is connected. I mean, it's, that's what. Why do they need to divide us? Well, I think the reason that they need to divide us is I don't, I, I've been of the mind for a long time. When I was a kid, I used to think that oh, you know, the, you know, the government it actually is there to, to try to, you know, help its citizens, you know, represent their citizens. And I, I really don't think so, especially in the, in the Democrat Party, where, you know, they're more so represented as illegal immigrants, foreigners, and our adversaries than they are the American citizens. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring in uh, Dr. Tolbert. Dr. P- Tolbert, yeah, looks like you got some, some phone issues going on there. I hate to see that yeah, well. for you. <laughs> Yeah, fortunately, I just bought a 5G system through uh, T-Mobile. They they have just put out a new one that you can get free, and the cost is you get 100 Gs. Uh, the cost per month is uh, $10 plus 17, and you can tie 30 items in it. That's coming in next week. And then they have a special for the, uh, the iPhone 12 uh, mini, uh, which is 5G. So we're switching out of this iPhone 7s and SEs and everything else so that we can do it. But where I'm at in Okeechobee, Florida, we unfortunately have one one bar on our telephone. And you would think we would get, you know, things different. You know, I go into where I have my little office and I do my international teaching and I don't have a disruption at all. And yet I'm on the phone with you. And we've gotten four disruptions. So. Emmy, you know, are we being monitored again as we were in the past? That's that's an interesting question. Uh, 
both subjects that you're going to talk about tonight, regardless of what it is, is going to lead back to the groundwork that people are being educated, race, creed, color, and religion. And what they want to do is they want to cause, cause a retribution where we each other, which destroys the entire purpose of the United States of America. So, you know, you know, we restate again the Tenth Amendment. We get into uh, the Common Core, and I, I, I know I'm just kind of repeating a little bit, getting myself back online again. The question is, does the governor have authority over the schools versus the federal government and the Supreme Court rules that the parents have the authority over the city and the state and the federal government. So the issue is they're writing letters to the governor to do something where, in fact, it's the parents that need to be objecting to the federal government's laws that they're sending and putting down upon our children. Uh, Our children are not being trained. Uh, We're we're seeing this all over the world right now uh, where there is lack of proper education, of of productivity. It is important that we get our feedback on the ground and turn away any importing of goods and services. And we have to be the exporter. Uh, We are... Uh, going back to the immigration issue, you know, I, I know everybody knows. Well, the thing, is, wife... the thing is, exports are, are, are yeah, our are, um, are exports, uh, import exports with, with China's upside down again. Uh, th- you know, right. I think it's like they do, yeah, it's like 60-40 now or something like that. Yeah, and we would, and we had turned it around under the tariffs. And, of course, we sent the letter, bring jobs home to uh, Trump, and they did the tariffs. They denounced it in Canada. And it was based on things that we had written about the right of production and and tariffs and yeah it's it's just it's it's a fact that you know it's it's a real thing you know uh, even the immigration issue they're they're actually paying uh, illegal immigrants to go to school they're getting uh, the the money uh, you know we, I have not received the twelve hundred dollars or the fourteen hundred dollars. Uh, and yet, and my wife is in Venezuela, and we've been approved a year ago that she can go to Colombia and from Colombia uh, to the United States. And yet, a person that's going for a tourist visa is being brought in in 30 days, and we're now one year behind schedule where you normally have a 90-day schedule once you're approved. Uh, the entire agenda of disruption. Uh, we saw this with the Catholic Church when they used to do it and, and build up where they would bring people in um, through the ministries to build their churches up uh, for the purpose of making more money. Uh, they then destroyed a lot of the other educational facilities, and we're seeing that. You know, we taught a lot about the 18 original states and how the Constitution was written by a majority of the Masons, but even when the Masons wrote, normally you would think they wouldn't follow the the Bible. Uh, and we do a lot of integration between the biblical teaching 
and the United States Constitution. And that's why, as an apostle and a doctor of education, working internationally, you know, how do these things intertwine not only in the United States of America, but in someone else's country? How do you get the people to stand up and be productive? How do you get the people to get educated? Uh, not socialism, not Marxism. Uh, it's it's just a, uh, a bad agenda that we're having. And we go into, uh, you know, when, when we had other shows on the animals and, the, and how they're putting together and destroying our cattle business, they're destroying our wheat fields, they're destroying our productive of goods. We're getting more vegetables and fruits from other countries than we are producing here in our own country, United States. And then right. our, our farmers are all illegal immigrants. Uh, illegal immigrants are working on farms. Uh, yet, you know, when I grew up and I was 12, 13 years old, I had to travel five miles on my bicycle to work on a farm. Uh, today, show me somebody 14, 15 years old American citizen that's working on a farm. It just it isn't happening. So we don't know how to put together a farm. We don't know how to produce the goods and services. We, we're just totally out of it. Uh, our computer, our technology is all coming from India. Uh, when you go to a banking system, let's take Heritage for an example. Heritage does a talk uh, thing on Monday nights, and I get a a phone call every Monday from Heritage, and the phone call comes from Vietnam. So you're getting, you know, our phone from Heritage, which is allegedly a good group of individuals, is using a technical service through Vietnam through us. So, you know, give thought of all this tonight. You know, I'm I'm telling the American people, yes, we had a false. election. Uh, Yes, the computers were uh, produced in Venezuela. Uh, Yes, Sawyers, Romney, Gates, GM, and other individuals were part of the calamity. Yes, the systems came from Canada, they came from England, but they came from Venezuela. And, you know, we can get into all this, uh, but the whole thing is, we're not producing them. These goods and services, our school system is not being taught how to do it. When I did my doctor degree in education in 2003 to 2010 with Nova University, it was amazing. I was the only male student of a class of 36. And of that 36, um, believe me, I was the only Caucasian in the entire group. Uh, and yet we're talking about these were certified teachers. And I was the first non-certified teacher in Nova University to get a doctorate degree in educational leadership. And we have not training. We're not producing. Uh, we're not setting our education setting system up. Uh, there's a time and place for everything, Robert. And I, I don't want to cover much more than that tonight. I just want to bring everybody back that there is a, um, if you go to Charles Tolbert on Facebook, we are posting the uh, letter that people are writing to uh, governor of Florida, but you're going to find if you go to Google and just write uh, E L 
T, excuse me, E-L-A, and pull up the network, you're going to get the whole background, how to sign a letter, uh, how to object to it, how to go along with it. So English, you know, it's silly, this this E-L-A, English uh, Language uh, Arts a booklet uh, that I'm suggesting that people have the technology today to follow up on it, Robert. Uh, if you have any questions for me, I'd be glad to answer them. Otherwise, I'll just listen to the show being monitored accordingly. Okay. Well, we you know we do have Steve on the line, and then um, we're gonna bring it back to the Steve. Then we have a Skype caller where uh, I'll be getting you in the green room. So if you lose your audio for a little bit, uh, it just means that I am bringing you into the uh, the green room. And uh, Indy Queen here in the chat. Uh, yeah, and that's true. Nowadays, everything has been made political, and and that's true. Everything. I mean, I've been following politics for forty years now, and I mean since I was a young kid, but. And I've never seen it, and I've said this on, on past shows, uh, I've never seen it like this. It's, it's, it's just amazing how practically everything uh, has been politicized. And, you know, I do want to talk more later about, you know, we briefly touched on it, on why we are, you know, the, the left is dividing us, but also is that how are they, why are they using critical race theory uh, to divide us? I think they're seeing the numbers where I think it's political, bringing as Indy Queen brought up. I think it's political because you see, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, non-Caucasian groups in the United States, uh, their populations are are increasing, whereas the Caucasian populations are decreasing. So I I mean, I think that they they see the numbers and, you know, they see the way the wind's blowing and – they're thinking political. They think if they cater to these groups and divide us and, you know, basically between, you know, the Caucasians and the non-Caucasians, and I really think that's how they're doing it because I, I think they're, they're seeing the numbers. And I think, well, heck, this is going to be a way to get us votes uh, by dividing us in those camps. But let's see what uh, Stephen's got to say or Steve's got to think about uh, what you said and perhaps uh, my comments there. Is, uh, and then also uh, the Skype caller I'll bring into the green room so I can uh, get your name. But let's go ahead and bring Steve back in the uh, in the conversation. So, Steve, if you have any comments or questions to Dr. Colbert, go ahead. Um, I'm going to be going to the green room here uh, in a few, and then uh, I'll be back uh, in a little bit. But go ahead, uh, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, uh, um, the federal government. Uh, having control over education would definitely be a problem. And the main reason why, folks, I mean, uh, centralization of power, um, and even if it's corporate, even if it's a corporation deciding what's taught in the textbooks, uh, the one corporations manufacturing the textbooks, it it becomes a major problem. And then they'll be taught and indoctrinated, hey, you know, even though COVID-19 vaccine was never approved by the FDA, you know, um, so they'll be indoctrinated. And even if you take a health class right now in high school, it means you're, you're indoctrinated. They're not teaching holistics. They're not teaching, hey, we can do a water fast. We could do a dry fast. We can take some herbs. We could take some supplements. Uh, I've had major success with magnesium. 
Um, I had finger pain. I mean, none of this stuff is going to be taught in school. Why? Because they're indoctrinating you that you need big pharma. Got to go to the doctor. Got to get your vaccine. So the indoctrination process continues, and then, you know, if you're unvaccinated, you're a terrorist. They could teach that in school. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then and that will. Yeah, yeah, Steve, to comment on that, there actually been proof that if you drink six hot glasses of water a day, six hot glasses of water a day, you actually kill the virus. And we were in discussion about HIV and the flu, and we were in discussions about the, uh, you know, all these other things, you know, back in 2000 when we had this virus or 19, uh, uh, um, what year was it, 1967 when I was in Vietnam, we had this virus, the same, the same name, the same thing. Uh, the fact that the government's paying $36,000 if you die of the virus to the hospital uh, they're paying nine thousand dollars if you go to the hospital. Uh, to the hospital, so the whole fictitious, uh, the mask. Uh, you know, the state of Florida just passed the mask is no longer. Uh, I hate to say not authorized, but you're not supposed to wear it. But some certain businesses are still doing it, and so what you're doing is you're wearing the mask. Is the oxygen and carbon dioxide. Uh, you're getting more sick, you're having more issues. And then you get into the issue, uh, the flu. There was no uh, influenza or flu cases in the year 2000, but we had X number of thousands of people that had the virus. Uh, This is all the government's uh, way to control uh, the entire American uh, population through the federal government. Uh, if I mandate a rule at the federal government level and I force it upon the states where DeSantos is not accepting it and neither is the state of Texas and other states, you know, you really, uh, this goes back to none of of this is keep your distance, uh, wear a mask, uh, don't communicate with people, uh, don't get an education in classroom, uh, use the technology and the computers from China. Uh, the productivity, all this just caused a greater uh, job problem, uh, unemployment problem, uh, to upstart, upset the entire United States. And excuse me for interrupting, but I just wanted to show you how that big picture comes together with six glasses of hot water a day and people are not getting the virus. Absolutely, sir. And um I've got I've got knowledge that um, airborne viruses in the, in the germ theory. I mean that airborne viruses don't even exist. That that was a Louis Pasteur creation by a French scientist 160 years ago. And on his deathbed, he told his family, "It's about the terrain theory, and that's the opposite of the germ theory. It's about nutrition, stress. It's a, it's about you taking care of your body." is what he told his family on his deathbed and that he didn't want his files released to the public and his family released his files to the public anyway. But this whole airborne virus that you see in the movies, you see in the textbooks, they're taught in the medical schools. They're taught in the health class. This, this is a, uh, it goes back, way back, 160 years ago to that guy. And that the reason, you know, kids will get 
uh, chicken pox at the same time because they're, they're eating the same foods. They're drinking the same water. But it wasn't airborne that this right. whole and they're, they're, and that's what they're they're using that to control everybody. We can do anything we want to you in the name of protecting you from COVID nineteen in Canada. We mm-hmm. can build a fence around your church in the name of protecting you from COVID nineteen. And 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 the elite, the corporations on Wall Street, they have five hundred year business plans going into the future. So can I believe that there were plans one hundred and sixty years ago to take this? germ theory, this airborne virus germ theory, because we've got doctors that haven't been sick in 50 years and, and distribute that across the world. We've got 100-year-old people in Japan running marathons, and they, when they're interviewed, they're not on Big Pharma, and they're eating great diets. They have great bone structure, and they're still running at 100 years old in Japan. Some of the healthiest people on the planet live in Japan. We, what we're told and taught is not lining up with reality. It's just not, folks. Well, and, and if I may interject, uh, remember they were making such a big deal about, you know, the the death count of, uh, you know, in every death tragedy, of course, that, that, that is known without being, needing to be said. But anyway, is that we, when we lost Joe, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get him called, he'll call back in. But, um, but yeah, you, you mentioned that they, they try to compare you know, the death rate in, you know, the Asian countries, well, well, look at them. They don't, for one, they don't have the same comorbidities as Americans do. I mean, one of the major comorbidities with COVID, through my understanding of it, is obesity. I mean, you have a lot more people with, you know, obese in the United States as well as, uh, you, know, with, you know, stress and, you know, some of the other comorbidities, diabetes, which a lot of those have to do with you know, stress and diet. Whereas in your, you know, your Asian countries, such as, you know, you know, North Korea, South Korea, Taiwan, uh, you know, they don't have those same type of problems as we do, so they're not going to see its amount, the amount of deaths. But they're trying to say, oh, well, the reason why the, uh, these, these Asian countries is because, you know, they're used to more government involvement in, in what happens in their country than, than in America, and that's why they've seen less death there. And, of course, there, again, as you guys pointed out, we all know, is it's just a, a ploy to try to get control over us. Yes, sir. And, and, and the big thing is what I believe they did is they took pneumonia. They put Hollywood billion-dollar media coverage on the pneumonia patients. They can't breathe. They can't breathe. And then they took the propaganda and mass promoted it as COVID-19 because you look at the last five years, you look at total death numbers are around the same. Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, Tony Robbins talked about that. You look at the total death numbers for the last five years, it's around the same. Even John Hopkins University admitted that. Even the CDC with their own numbers admitted that. We don't, there's not like a massive amount of deaths. And when it rolled out, remember, People were going into the hospitals and they were empty. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were taking, yeah, that's the they whole reason taking, that they did the two-week yeah. lockdown, right? And now it's uh, much longer. Exactly. You take something that's already – pneumonia has been around since ancient times. Asthma and the flu has been around since ancient times. If you go six months without vitamin D, you drop dead of a painful death. You go 10 days without salt, you drop dead. 
So it takes something, a nutritional deficiency, something that's natural. Like pneumonia patients, a lot of times they're very, very nutritionally deficient. They eat horrible diets. So what I'm saying is it's not about airborne, and that's what they've been promoting in the video games and in the movies and the TV shows, airborne viruses, even before COVID-19. That we have movies about a fake virus. I think it's called The Island, about a fake virus controlling people. See, the, what they want to do to us, they show us in the movies too what they want to do to us. There's a movie about a world where there's only one woman in the entire world, only one woman. There's a movie about that. It's kind of, they kind of show us what they want to do to us in these movies and the propaganda in the Hollywood, satanic type of elite activities that they want to, us to participate in where we kill ourselves with these vaccines. I think even Eon Flux was something about that too, uh, people killing themselves so if you can indoctrinate yourself like the hunger games we have to do a ritual sacrifice there's too many people on the planet every so often we're going to have to get we're going to have to have a purge we're going to have to get rid of people that's the indoctrination you see what i'm saying that that that, that's that's part of the whole process getting people to participate in the luciferian activities what do you say to that well, I had a brother. Uh, if I may, real quick, Doctor Tolbert, and then and then go ahead. It just, I, it, I just find it interesting that this, this was brought up uh, because earlier today I had a, a brief uh, text conversation with uh, someone, and uh, you know they made a comment. You know, because they said they actually had, uh, you know, the flu. Uh, they, they said they had COVID twice. Uh, the second time wasn't as bad as the first. It said. Uh, it says, basically, they were saying, uh, I'm going to, you know, paraphrase, uh, you know, the text. It says, got to think, you know, you know, he said, got to thinking while praying and listening to Biden, urging people to, to take the vaccine. They want at least 70 percent uh, to take it. If uh, you look at the Georgia guidelines for the health uh, healthy planet population, they want to hit about, uh, I guess, was it say five uh, billion uh, people or something like that to divide at least seventy percent uh, of that is not too far off because I truly believe that um, that China or whoever is going to release a new virus that will attack the vaccinated people. So some are starting to think that this vaccine, you know, they're going to convince a lot of people to get this vaccine. They're going to get it. And then a new virus is going to come out that's going to actually attack people who have the vaccine, and, and they would actually die from it. So they really want a population control, you know, something to happen with pop, the, the really get that, you know, happening fast. I mean, that would be the way to do it. However, I don't know if I'd subscribe to that because, I mean, that's really going to make the government have a lot of egg on its face. I mean, could you imagine if they're, you know, promoting all these, you know, people, all oh, we need, we want, you know, 70% of the country to get vaccinated, and then 70% of the country dies off uh, because, you know, something else is released that would kill the people with the vaccine. Well, that's really going to make them look bad. So I don't know if that, you know, is plausible, but, I mean, what do you guys think? What do you think, Dr. Tolbert? Well, I want to start with uh, Florida is at 50% or better now. People that have gotten the vaccine, they're actually doing it through the VA using 
different things, and there are three individuals that I'm dealing with because you cannot do international traveling now unless you have a copy of the paperwork. And as much as I'm against a subject, sometimes you get involved in a subject, uh, the vaccine and taking the two shots without any after effect. And the question is, is there a different simulation of the same virus? Remember, every animal changes at time. Everything started as a little spot, and it grew to different sizes, and different elephants became bigger, than elephants got smaller. And, you know, it's the same with a virus. It's the same with any other thing. Uh, They're going to change on their own to counteract against any kind of vaccine. And this was whether, you know, the polio vaccines work, the, uh, some of the other ones work. Uh, some of them came back and had to be redone again. There's going to be the issue, uh, as stated before, this is not uh, a proven uh, through the four different vaccines that actually are doing anything. And the simple things, like, for example, I have been taught that if you go out and you come home, uh, put salt in your mouth, and the salt actually kills the, vac- the, the virus. And so you come home and you put salt in your mouth. So the old ways, the Epsom salt, the the arm and hammer, the bacon soda, the, you know, all this stuff that worked 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years ago are working better than what everybody wants to do. It's kind of like if you want to clean your house, guess what? Use vinegar and water. Uh, it's the old military way of doing it. And, you know, now we're seeing that they have all this stuff they spray and they do this and they do that. Uh, go back to your old principles, as stated earlier by Steve. You know, you got to watch your diet, watch your vitamins. Uh, you got to take turmeric. You got to take vitamin C. You got to take K2. Uh, you know, you got to take the D. You got to take the omega, A, B, and C. Uh, you know, you got to make sure you eat healthy food. And I, I hate to put it this way, but if you go to Win Dixie, they got what they call the healthy meal, and you get four for ten dollars, and you. It has all the vitamins and everything you want. You don't have to go through all the thing of cooking, and uh, you get all the the good vitamins. So you really got to just change your diet. Uh, you got to change the way you eat. You got to stop taking the bread uh, that causes the body to to, to decrease. You got to change the uh, the way your immune system uh, works uh, that counteracts all this. So, you know, when we we did an article when I was doing my master's in education, my master's in theology, we actually wrote a diet on how, and this was back in 2004, uh, you know, here's a diet that you use to keep from getting sick. Uh, So I've never had a virus. I've never had the flu. Uh, Shingles, uh, they came out with a shot, and anybody over 50 has to get a shingle shot. Uh, I I got it. Other people got it. you know, and then you took the shot, and uh, you don't get it again because your body adapts to it. Uh, so yeah, my, my doctor is trying to get me to take that shot. <laughs> well, and it, and it's a good shot. Uh, you know, I had I was a caregiver for four, three women in their eighties and nineties, and uh, you know we put them on the shot, and they didn't get it. Uh, I was the one that got it, and I didn't have the shot until after the fact. 
Uh, you know, it's just uh, uh, there, there's things that, you know, people say don't take the flu shot. You go to Sally Baptist on her show, and it's don't take the flu shot, don't take this, don't take that. Um, there's objections. There's some things like the smallpox, the measles, uh, these these things, you don't take them all the time. Some you have to take every five or six years. Sometimes you take once in your life. But then the immune system changes. Measles came back after people took the shots. There had to be a change of the type of shots that people took. Um, our involvement, for example, a person from Japan comes to America, has a more chance of getting sick than we do in America because of the difference of the body's tolerance within their country versus our country. So all this international training and traveling and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things that people have to go through, but they got to get back to the psychological, you know, as Steve mentioned, you know, what is your diet? Your diet is what's going to protect you, your food, your exercise, these you're intellectual. I'm turning 79 years old uh, in June, and yet I'm probably in more healthier, even though I'm a disabled veteran. We're not going to go there. But, you know, mentally and physically, you know, emotionally, you know, there's people that are not eating the proper food, that are not doing the proper things, that are getting sick from something. And once you get one illness, then you add to another illness. So the virus was the third or fourth in line that came upon you after you didn't correct the first one, two, three, four illnesses you had. Then the virus came upon you, and then they said, okay, you died of the virus. No, you died because you didn't properly take care of these other issues that were going through your system. Uh, these all counteracted, and the virus was able to enter. Uh, now, is the virus really... You know, yeah, we could face it back in 2000 or uh, we could go back to the 1800s and find, you know, we, which flu, what, what virus, what people died of. And, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, we had uh, back in, what, 2000, and I can't think of the name of it, but there was one that millions of people died. And we did no masking. We did no this. We did none of what's going on, and then it went away. And oh, is that the, are you talking about 1918? Are, are you talking about the Spanish flu? Yeah, that's the Spanish one. But there was another one in the 2001 area where a lot of people died throughout the world, too. Um, and I, the name of it is one and one? Yeah, right. And yet we didn't do all the things we're doing now. And all we're doing is we're causing a greater disruption. More people are getting sick today based on the mask. And people can argue all they want. That mask is causing the immune system to mm-hmm. be able to combat any of the infections that are given by the virus or the flu or the influenza. That's just the way it is. And uh, every show I have to promote the 800-page uh, book, because the psychological operation and what happened to this country, the lie, the medical lies that goes back 200 years, it's an it's a 800-page book to kind of understand the medical schools were bought out by John Rockefeller 100 years ago. So a lot of these medical doctors 
They're not trained in holistic. They're not really trained about nutrition. They get maybe a week or two of training in nutrition. But the book that goes over the psychological operation, which is 800 pages, what really makes you ill, why everything you thought you knew about disease is wrong, and the authors David Parker and Don Lester, it, it goes over that the biological weapon is the vaccine to be injected into you. And then Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, she talked about it'll take about it could take 18 months, between six to 18 months before someone will have brain major brain damage, prion disease in their brain. And the elite is counting on you of eating a junk food diet that will help kill you off faster. Like they put soy in the wheat. Look at the ingredients of Subway bread, for example, the franchise Subway. It has soy in it. Soy contains linoleic acid. That's very dangerous. A lot of the breads contain soy. Just look. Just go to your local grocery store. Look at the back of the bread. Soy. That soy is genetically modified. And that soy is dangerous. They should, it should have never been added to the bread. Also, your vitamin D3 that everybody's deficient of, guess what, doctor? Way back in the day, lard. Vitamin D3 was loaded in lard until the elite came and said, hey, we're replacing lard and tallow with your vegetable oils, Crisco. That killed a lot of people, Crisco. Your the deadly vegetable oils killed off a lot of people as well. The high sugar diets, it makes men <laughs> docile also. So not only is the attack vaccine and diets, it's also about making you docile. So you might own guns, but you may not have the aggressiveness and willingness to fight back against tyranny because you're eating a high sugar diet that is dying to make you docile against the American government. There's a reason the government wants you on a low-fat diet. There's a reason the government on the food pyramid, they want you eating a bunch of servings of bread because they know that bread contains soy that's genetically modified. And it's this 800-page book is very important because a lot of people are not going to understand the psychological operations. Some psyops go back 200 years. Some psyops are just maybe one, two, three years. But a chiropractor, those are the real doctors. Those are the real holistic doctors, your chiropractors. Those are the ones that will hold seminars and teach you how health really works. Uh, magnesium, uh, I have finger pain when I was working at Citibank. Magnesium, my fingers were healed from magnesium. You know, a simple nutrient deficiency. That, but you go to the doctor, guess what? They're going to put you on medication. And in the side effects of that medication, they're going to put you on more medication. Why? Because Rockefeller Medical University in New York City, the medical system was designed in the 1930s and 50s. They engineered it to control how long Americans live. They don't want you to live to be 120 years old. They don't want you to be a 100-year-old person running a marathon like we have people in Japan doing. They want you guys to suffer and die and live in a nursing home for the last 10, 15 years of your life. That's what they want because these are Luciferians. They have long-term objectives. And, and, and what happened was Rockefeller bought out the medical schools that your medical doctor went to. They were bought out by John Rockefeller 100 years ago, and they are part of the Rockefeller Foundation. But Rockefeller hides his wealth 
under different corporations and different foundations, and they call that Wall Street. So, and you look at a guy like Bill Gates, he's a front man. He's a front man, just like uh, Epstein, a front man. They're not the real source of power, but they have to have front men that pretend to be, I'm the richest man in the world. He's not the richest man. Trust me, guys. There's people way richer out there than Bill Gates and, uh, and Jeff Bezos, but they hide their wealth, and they have to have the front men. So if something happens, guess what? Everybody gets to blame Bill Gates. They're not going to blame the Rockefeller Foundation. They're not going to blame the Ford Foundation. You see what I'm saying, guys? The psychological operation, you know, it, it, it goes deep. It goes deep. Andy Queen in the chat man mentioned, because, uh, you know, hearing all this, what, what you're saying, Steve, is, you know, this is enough to make people want to live America, leave America. And is this phenomenon, do you think, you know, pretty much focused here in the United States, or do you just think at this point it's, it's pretty widespread, uh, widespread throughout the globe? Uh, Rockefeller was buying up medical schools in China. Um, the elite have bought out medical schools all over the world. That's where we have the World Health Organization. Look what the third world, look how much respect the third world showed the World Health Organization. They did lockdowns that resulted in the deaths of millions of poor people in the third world. That's how much respect these poor nations have for the World Health Organization. Why? Because Bill Gates, and them, they are They'll send politicians money just like that. You know, they'll, they'll send politicians money in poor nations to get the vaccines done, to accomplish the goal of uh, 7 billion dead. The Georgia Guidestones keep the population at 500 million, the world population. And then I think, yeah, I think conservatives I, I, yeah, like that's what going to be about. Five, no, was it 5 billion? 500 yeah, you're million. right. When I, I, re, 500 yeah, I reread that text. It's 500 billion. That, yeah, that's what he was saying. Uh, and a tech dance, and they're not five billion. Yeah, because that would be a billion people lost, and I don't think that's enough for them. But yeah, to keep it at five hundred million. Yes, sir. And so, if you have an objective to kill seven billion, and you get everybody afraid of an airborne virus, and the reason I don't believe it exists because they get to control through the mainstream media, through the propaganda, through the schools, through the education system, the health class that these airborne viruses are serious, and so the elite don't have to worry about their family members, their security guards' family members, dying of a vaccine or dying of an airborne virus because it does not exist in the first place. They get to control all the propaganda of the program through Wall Street. You've got nine corporations that control, what, 98% of the media through Wall Street-owned media, you get to control the entire psychological operation of COVID-19, control the vaccines, and then meet, uh, guys like us, you know, we're just considered to be terrorists. We, we don't want to get the vaccine. We're yeah. conservatives. Yeah, we're domestic we may have terrorists. To just yeah. We don't want to take a we vaccine. To, right. Exactly. Strong cities like Muncie, Indiana, strong towns, real conservative towns with gun owners and sheriffs. We may have to just send drones to carpet bomb those conservative strong cities. They, that, I think that's going to be the objective because we, there's too many strong people, conservative people, that's knowledgeable out here that's going to fight back against a total tyrannical government. To reduce that, just carpet bomb those strong conservative cities, and, and, and then there you go. 
and that's why I keep telling you they just keep the faith in Christ because at the end of the day, I, I re- they really don't want us on this earth, and it they may not have the fighting force to go door to door for the people that don't want to get the vaccine. They may have to do carpet bombing of conservative towns with drones, and they want to get rid of humans in the military. Remember they had the military uh, doing the transgender uh, sex reassignment classes. Mm-hmm. They had soldiers walking in red pumps. They want to get men out of the military. They want it done by robots. They're building $200 million robots in the military. I think the military is going to be robots in the future. It's going to be done by robotics. And so, and and then uh, remember what the Pentagon said. We've got a computer chip that can detect COVID-19. We'll have to implant it in your body. I think that's the mark of the beast. We'll implant this in your body, but it's going to detect airborne viruses. And none of that's going to be real. None of it's going to be true. But I do believe that's going to be your mark right there. Because Amer- the Americans have a strong trust in their in this healthcare system, um, it's that unfortunate. I used to, but, but yeah, that, now I don't know how much I trust it anymore. <laughs> Hate to say, but they threatened to kill Dr. Joseph Mercola, one of the biggest holistic names out there, the grandfather, the guy in the '90s with one of some of the first holistic websites, the biggest holistic website on the planet, Mercola.com. They threatened to kill Dr. Joseph Nicole. This is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He's the guy that referred me over to magnesium to help me when I was going through finger pain. Nicole, Dr. Mercola did that. They threatened to kill this guy over holistics. He's promoting vitamin C and vitamin D3 on his website. He said Big Pharma threatened to kill him over that. I was like, wow. Alex Jones covered that. He interviewed him today. They don't care. They want the agenda done. They don't care who they have to kill. They don't. They just don't. They don't care. You know, the, the if mass. you think, uh, and I, I think they've moved really quickly. I mean, I, I think they were. I think actually with the President Trump, you know, getting elected, I mean, it's, it's just amazing how quickly they they've tried to enact enact this. Uh, they're going at a pretty pretty slow, you know, pace getting all this uh, put together. But I think you know once Trump got elected, and of course they did everything in their power. And I, I even contend that COVID may have been part of what they've, uh, you know, you know, part of their plot to get rid of uh, you know, Trump and not get reelected. I really do. I, I, I there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, they knew they had to do something to get rid of Trump. And there, nothing else they've tried will work, was working, so I think they. I do. I, I think that they. Uh, the, I think the government. There's members in the government, the Democrat Party, who colluded with the Chinese uh, to, for this virus. To, you know, release this virus because to affect uh, the you know the Trump uh, reelection. I, there's a part of me that thinks that's uh, that could very well be what happened. That's what another secret, guys. The first election in 2016, Trump was never supposed to win that. There was major voter fraud there. But guess what? The rural communities and rural districts stepped up and increased their voting to unprecedented levels to the point where he had to win because the vote fraud did not anticipate the rural vote being that high. 
There's vote fraud going all going back decades. Decades. Mm-hmm. There's books written decades ago about voter fraud. Books of hundreds of pages about how deep the voter fraud was decades ago. They had to control the vote. They also have to control who you vote for too. Because there's no way you're going to have a new world order. There's no way you're going to have an agenda with freedom. Freedom is anti-new world order. That's just, but no, Trump was never supposed to win 2016. He was never supposed to win that. That's why Hillary was so arrogant. Mm-hmm. Because she was, she was never supposed to lose in the first place. That's why they were, the Democrats were so confident. That's why everybody, right. every all mainstream media kept saying, Trump's going to lose, Trump's going to lose, Trump's going to lose. Only like maybe one or two political scientists got the prediction right about the rural vote being unprecedented. They have been doing vote fraud for the longest. They've been doing vote fraud for the longest. But it's a psychological operation, airborne viruses, vaccines, and then what they'll do, if you die from the vaccine, they'll say, no, he died from a COVID variant. That's the new psychological operation. He didn't die from the vaccine. He died from the variant. And we need a new lockdown. I'm predicting later on this year, a new lockdown where you don't even come out of your house unless your smartphone authorizes it. A new lockdown, a stronger lockdown. Because the vaccine is a delayed reaction. It, it, it takes time to kill people. It, because they don't want people dropping dead immediately because that's going to scare everybody off from getting the vaccine. That's what Dr. Sherry Tenpenny talked about. It's got to be six to 18 months, so you'll have confidence to get your shot because your family members got the shot and they didn't drop dead, so then you go get your shot. You see what I'm saying? The, the mRNA is a delayed reaction to the brain. That's what Dr. Sherry Tenpenny talked about. But we have to – we really need our chiropractors to step up and try to save the country. Our chiropractors can kind of help out, hold seminars, kind of get people to understand what's going on, but they would be putting their lives at risk. Also, your state medical boards are very corrupt. They will take a doctor's license with the snap of a finger uh, for going into holistics. Talk to your cancer doctor, your local cancer doctor, oncologist. They start going into holistics. The state medical board can take their license just like a snap of a finger. Wow. Uh, cancer cure is going way back. Dry fasting, water fasting, cancer tumors disappearing. True North Health, uh, Dr. Alan Goldhammer in California, they've been dealing with cancer tumors for over 37 years with fasting, a 40-day fast, water fast, cancer tumors just disappearing. They don't. They it, it, it's all a part of the psychological operation. But it goes back 200 years. That's why I refer people to the book because it's 800 pages that they can go into. People have been dying from vaccines since World War One. That's what they wanted to use to kill people. It's poison. So that's why you have to keep getting your second shot, your booster shots. Because if the poison mm-hmm. didn't kill you with the first shot, you come back for the second shot. The poison didn't kill you for the second shot. Okay, we need booster shots. But yeah, and then yeah, they're even saying you might need booster shots exactly. in the COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and it's unfortunate that this. And I found out about this knowledge kind of back in 2007, 
I've been holistic for about 14 years, but when they couldn't fix my upper respiratory infection problems with antibiotics, I I just started researching holistics, and I did fruits and vegetables, and my upper respiratory infection that disappeared. I've been healed a number of times from a number of different issues, from neuropathy. I've lost weight to all kinds of different things, just doing holistic protocols, intermittent fasting, ketogenic diet, low-carb. I've turned around uh, glaucoma, a a number of different things with holistics. I've been drug-free since 2007. But, folks, your medical system is entirely, I'm I'm sorry to say it's entirely corrupt. The doctors, they don't know it. They were just trained in medical schools that were bought out by John Rockefeller 100 years ago. So your doctor doesn't know the psychological operation. So you can't really blame them because they're just doing what they were trained to do in medical school. They don't know this knowledge because they don't, they, you know, they don't know that Rockefeller Medical University created this system. They created this whole system that relies on flu shots. Then there was an epidemiologist in CDC. He dropped dead, and they try to say he drowned himself and committed suicide. Uh, CDC, I'm trying to find his name, dead epidemiologist. This was like three years ago. He tried to blow the whistle on the flu shots causing people to die too. What was his name? He was a black man. He worked for the CDC, and he started talking too much, and he ended up dead, and they tried to say he committed suicide. And I'm trying to find out who his name is. But, guys, when I'm, tell, I'm just telling you the truth, man. I've seen so many, so many illnesses and cancer and heart disease and so many health problems get healed with holistics. I mean, I've been in this for 14 years, and, you know, I'm telling you guys the truth on this. They, 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 it's all about making money and reducing the population. That's why they don't want you living healthy. That's why they want you getting flu shots. They want you to get the vaccines because they want to reduce the population. And they had to get, they had to buy out the medical schools. All your medical schools were holistic over 100 years ago. They were all holistic until John Rockefeller came in and bought them out. And guess what? They lost their job. If you weren't jumping on board with Big Pharma, you lost your job 70, 80 years ago. You lost your job. Because Big Pharma was the name of the game. When John Rockefeller got involved in healthcare, they call it Rockefeller medicine. That's what happened. And and that's why they, they call us they call them quacks now. That's what they that's that, that was John Rockefeller in the fifties. He was paying the media oh, yeah. and he said, Hey, these guys are quacks. The only way we're gonna get Big Pharma off the ground, we need the media to call these guys quacks. And guess what they do now? They call the holistic doctors, they call them alternative medicine. There's nothing alternative about these guys. Fashion has been around before Jesus Christ. People were doing walks of fasting. They call these doctors alternative medicine. That's how deep the psychological operation goes. No, Big Pharma is the alternative medicine. <laughs> But you got to read but the 800-page yeah, well, book to what understand this What would you thing. say to people who are like, well, look, people are, you know, our life expectancy is longer. Is that, you know, is it big, big pharma and, and, and our medical system now, uh, which has gone away from holistic uh, medicines, has something to do with that? What would you say to argue with those folks? Infant mortality went down, but people are not living longer. I can't tell you how many funerals I've went to where people died in their 50s. 
Have you have you experienced the same thing going to a lot of funerals with people passing their fifties? No, I, I can't say that I have to be honest. Okay. And I hope but not the infant that, mortality went down. <laughs> yeah. I just like to point to Japan because they live 15 years older than Americans. I always like to point to Japan. They live to be about 84, 85. Marathon runners. They have the most 110-year-olds on the planet. I like to always point to Japan. I always tell guys, hey, just follow Dr. Eric Berg on YouTube. He's got like 5 million subscribers. Follow Dr. Joseph McCullough's website. And just join a holistic community. This is what this is about. This is what if we can. The more people we can help to get healed through proper knowledge, and get this 800-page book, the more people we can we can increase the grassroots to understand. This is a 160-year-old psychological operation called the germ theory. This is from this is from a scientist that lied way back in the day. And if we can get people, the more people we can get to understand that, that, hey, we've got people fit that's, that's haven't been sick in 50 years. Why? If airborne viruses so, were so powerful, why do we have people on earth that haven't been sick in 50 years? Because it's about nutrition. It's about your immune system. It's about stress. It's about uh, your, uh, you know, your. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ, things like that. I've prayed for healing, been healed before too. But people just have to understand you're trying to force the holistic people to live under big pharma standards. You see how immoral that is? That's just immoral. That's just, we've got guys that haven't been sick in 50 years, and you want them to go get an experimental vaccine that hasn't even been approved by the FDA? Do you see how immoral that is? It doesn't make any sense, folks. It doesn't make any sense. What do you guys think about that? So, Dr. Tolbert, we haven't heard, heard, heard from you for a little bit, so uh, go ahead. You know, there's not a lot to say because, you know, Mary Baker, when she did the holistic and, and she did it under her ministry, uh, it actually became where they got funded uh, through Medicare and through everything without having a physical doctor. And more people were getting held through that basis, even though they didn't believe in Jesus. And although they had other things and there were a lot of uh, movie stars and people that were part of her ministry uh, the thing about the chiropractor uh, there are some that are very knowledgeable and they do a great job and some you totally ignore so unfortunately there's uh, there's a contradiction uh, some people have bad experiences so they're against something and some people have good experiences for they're doing it I um, I have a little bottle of stuff I just sent you it's called Jenny and Jeannie uh, was actually, uh, Nathan, who I know very well, uh, had a person that had a hand that they couldn't open, and they sprayed this on in the hand, hand. so Nathan sent it to me, and one of my board of directors had broke his finger, and he couldn't close the palm of his hand. And we sprayed this uh, genetic on his hand, and he closed his hand completely. And we had people that couldn't lift the arm, and uh, they were getting injections, and they weren't. And they sprayed this on. And I sent you the picture of it, uh, Robert. And you know they could lift the arm. 
So there are some really good uh, things made of products that are natural, that are doing more. Uh, I was getting steroid shots that didn't do nothing, and I used something that didn't part of the steroids, and they do something else. But is it psychologically working, or is it a factual that something's working. And I'm going to go with Steve when he brought in psychologically and emotionally, you die early or you live longer. You are adapting. For an example, for me to train and teach at the age of 80 where people stop at 40, I got pastors all over the world that are in their 30s and 40s are sitting there saying, you know, the elder, which would be me, or the messenger, which is the apostle, for him to be doing what he's doing at 80 years old, they said, man, we can't do it. But it's psychologically, it's emotional. Uh, illnesses, all these things you're talking about, it all goes to research on what food you should eat, how organic food has a better way of production and healing, uh, how the influenza, the flu can be counteracted uh, by just simple little things uh, that worked 100 years ago. Uh, you know, this is all about your conversation. Uh, when we get into this the political arena of illegal people that are vice president, the illegal elections that we had, uh, that the, who is the true president? You know, the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back there again. Uh, that just failed to uh, allow uh, states uh, to vote against the election. Uh, uh, there, there were governors, there were uh, senators, there were uh, representatives, there were people on the electoral panels, all these uh, misrepresentation. And, uh, we tie the virus back into it. We can tie the electors, the electoral college. We can go into the Constitution. We can go into this ELA. We can go into all these factors. This is to get you psychologically into a one-world power. That's all this is about. And when Steve mentioned uh, certain people's names, there are four major people in the world, and believe me, we don't know who they are. We absolutely have no idea who they are. We only know that everybody else is funneled under them, and they're hidden totally from us. And there's only like four or five of them out there. Uh, you know, we, we did some shows years ago, on uh, the Catholic Church and how they're related uh, to different organizations and uh, the psychological viewpoint. And, you know, it, it just, uh, Robert, these conversations are good shows tonight uh, because it takes us out of the other things everybody's trying to do. You're, you're facing uh, emotional stress is getting you sick. That's simple as it is. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, it, it's been a very stressful co- uh, couple of years, actually four years. I mean, if you think about it, and, and the media, I think what they've done, you know, especially with, uh, with Trump, I think Trump was the, the biggest obstacle, and that's, that's why I think they had to, to do everything, including perhaps start this, to start this virus. Anything they could to to stop him because he was literally the greatest threat uh, to the you know the, the globalist takeover than than probably any president maybe even in our in our 
at least modern history. And so they had, I mean, first they couldn't get rid of them through impeachments. They couldn't get rid of them through scandals. They couldn't get rid of them through, uh, you know, their lies. So now they convinced, you know, millions of people that he was somehow responsible for all the deaths. I mean, you, you, you should – I mean, I don't know how much time you guys spend on, like, you know, Twitter and Facebook. I mean, I, I don't really like to, but to try, try to see what's, what's being said out there. But, I mean, it's just amazing how many people out there were actually convinced that the uh, I, I, you know we're actually convinced the all the deaths were squarely in the hands of, of President Trump. It was just amazing how many people said, "Oh yeah, every one of those deaths are, are his responsibility." It was disgusting, really. And, and, and legally, Trump is your president. Uh, the uh, Supreme Court ruled um, against many things, but they even ruled on the electors. And I'm not going to use the word electoral college because the word college is a totally non-constitutional. But the Supreme Court ruled that these corporations have the right to select their own electors. And that when they did that, it become another corruption. So... The Democratic and Republican Party, the electors are not being voted by the states to be the electors. It also gets into the fact that the House of Representatives are supposed to vote for the president and the uh, Senate supposed to vote for the vice president if you don't the margin have a tie and anything else. And they're not supposed to be on the same ballot together. And, you know, we can get into all this contradiction of the Constitution, but besides together, this is the You know, the only thing to watch on television is Judge Judy. The rest of it, just forget about it, because, you know, she's just funny <laughs> with her attitude, and, and the rest of it falls. That's just the way it is. Judy. <laughs> Man, he did not want to sit in front of Judge Judy. He did not want to be not in her courtroom. Funny. No, you wouldn't want to be and but I can argue against her and prove her wrong ninety percent of the time, but she's got a strong she don't like men. I mean if you ever listen to her, she'll tell you how men are ignorant and men are this and women are more this and women are more that and then she votes uh for you know, which is you know, again the law, you know, who's right and who's wrong. Uh I mean yeah. it's just but it's a good distraction. You know, I'm, I'm doing multinational teaching, and I do a, a lot of things with the – when you go back to YouTube, Robert, uh, we're posting one-minute uh, videos. Uh, we did, like, 31-minute videos during the 45-minute uh, uh, seminar that we did in Pakistan. We're only doing one minute because we're not doing the whole thing where I'm doing it by myself, but I'm actually uh, working through Messenger where I take a video of the video. And then we post these videos. Uh, uh, but it, it's just, you know, the people that we're dealing with are getting strong. They're, they're changing their way. You know, it's like we need you to give us, and then they change it to, well, no, we got to do it. We got to earn it. We got to change the way we think. We got to go and get our education. We got to change the way we're dieting and eating, and we got to do this. And, you know, and of course, we, I, you know, use the word man of God. You know, we really appreciate your prayers and we really appreciate what you're doing. But motivation, psychologically changing, emotionally being on base, 
that's the way these things are going to change. And uh, your news media is not going to let you do it. Uh, you know, the, the people, uh, fortunately tonight I get to get into a subject that people may or may not want to hear. Uh, if you don't change, and I know where you stand on what I'm saying, Robert, so I'm not going to get into it. But, you know, <laughs> your, your, your state of mind on how you open the door. You know, I was uh, 1999 when God called me. And I went to my two masters and my doctor degree, and we spent the last 20 years. Um, your assignment, uh, Robert. I know that there are things in your life that have been very trials and tribulations, have been very hard on you. And I know that life brings great uh, misery on us psychologically. But once we get through that, once we see it happen, once we get to the next stage, uh, where I was this morning. Versus where I'm at today was totally different. Just totally. Let me tell you that little story, Doctor Tolbert. I uh, I've got this picture. I'm literally looking at it as we speak. I uh, now a little background is uh, for myself is uh, I'm going to be you know when we talk about the end of life things. Uh, I'm getting cryogenically frozen when the time comes. Because one of my uh, things I, I really want to do is uh, I, want, I want to live on Mars one day. And oh no, I wanted him to hear the story, so I'm not going to tell it until he calls back in. Um, and uh, oh, I, I hope he, if we get him, uh, uh, we get him back in because it's something that he actually uh, said. There we go. Good, uh, Doctor Tolbert. I'm glad you're back in because uh, the story is, is, is relevant to yourself, actually. So, but basically, with this picture, it's a picture of Mars because I'm hoping that at least either physically visit or or have a residence there, you know, you know, someday. And you sent me a quote one time, and I actually typed it out on this picture that I framed, and I'm literally staring at it right now. And this quote, you know, it just it, it really struck struck a chord with me. And so I, I keep it, you know, here where I can I, – I see it every day. I've been working from home as well. Uh, but it says – and you, you'll probably remember this. And it says, uh, whatever holds your focus is what you'll see in your future. Control your thoughts Amen. with vision. If you constantly Amen. focus on the last chapter of your life, you'll never be able to live the next. I decree your next will look nothing like your last. And so I, and I, I, I kept that quote, and I, fr- and I put on a, that picture, and I framed it. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to add the fact what focus is, and people don't understand it. It's follow one course until successful. So when you read what you're reading and you put this follow one course until you're successful, you got an assignment. You're following that course multinational publication, radio shows, enhancing the future, getting your daughter into college, uh, getting through the trials and tribulations, ending up in a financially secured network. All these factors come into how you get to that that bottom line. But, yeah, your, your vision, uh, do you visualize? Can you see? Do you know where you're going? You know, when I went, to, when I was driving down the road and God said, turn around and go to a different university, and I thought that was ridiculous, 
and I walked into the classroom, and they said, no, you can't uh, do your master's here. We started four weeks ago, and I said, too bad. I'm a student tomorrow, and I was a student at AIU and in, in, in educational technology, and then I went to NOVA, and they said, if you came yesterday, you'd have never been a teacher, but I said, I'm going to be a teacher because that's the way it is. I'm going to get a doctorate degree. And, you know, you got $270,000 worth of student loans, and you're focusing and you have a vision, uh, 195 universities, and, and you're going to be worldwide. And all of a sudden, six months ago, we're in 40 countries. 20 years ago, I focused on what I was to do. I wrote the books. I laid the groundwork. I did the talk shows. I ran for the president. I did everything I was supposed to do. And now we're on a totally different thing from 30, 40 people to thousands of people working in multiple numbers of countries. People want to listen to you, don't want to listen to you. It's not relevant anymore, Robert. What is relevant is that you have an assignment. And when that assignment opens, when you get to where you're going to go, and uh, there was a young man, 200 pounds overweight at Burger King last year, and I said, focus, you're going to go to college. He said, no, I'm not. I said, follow my advice. Follow one course until successful. I went back six months later. He was in college. Uh, there was a man and a woman couldn't have a baby. I says, focus on the baby. Uh, go to prayer 15 minutes for 14 days. Saw him a late, year later, they had a baby. Because your mind, your psychological thinking, the way you're working on it and how you're doing this stuff, you end up accomplishing it. And so when I teach uh, the biblical standpoints and when I get into the pastoral motivation of the fivefold ministry and I teach people how to stop thinking about man, think about yourself, think about your assignment. When I do prison ministries, 98% used to go back to prison. When they come to the conclusion, they can change by their own thinking, their own thoughts. You want to be healed? Change the way you think. If you think you're going to die, you're going to die. If you think you're going to live, you're going to live. People don't understand how much your mind has on your destination. Your mind controls your health. Your mind controls your body. If you want to sit there, and it's like the lady that was 70, 80 years old when I met her. She was 100 pounds overweight. I put her on a uh, Jewish uh, uh, chicken soup, and she lost 100 pounds and lived another 15 years. And they gave her six months when I met her. Uh, you know, it's my, my, my focus was how do I make her live more? She focused on, gee, I really like this company. How am I going to live more? Uh, things change the way you think. Uh, this virus, if you think the virus is going to kill you, you're going to die. If you think the virus is not going to kill you, you're going to live. That's as simple as it is. No, I, I mean, I, I do. I firmly believe that. Uh, there's a book I, I read also called The Secret, um, which uh, I thought was a really great book, uh, you know, about the, the power of positive thinking and um, projecting, things of that nature. It's real, it's real hard to do for, for myself because I've always been, as a young, even as a youngster, uh, a natural pessimist. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of harder for me. Uh, but we do got Kelly uh, on, and a programming note, we only got about 16 minutes um, till we get to the top of the hour. And what that means for those who are not called in to the show, then that means your audio is going to go away in the next 15 minutes. So if you'd like to at least listen to the remainder of the show, uh, which uh, 
uh, is in about 15 minutes. Uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428, and we'll be able to get you into the show. Uh, yeah. And, and if you want to, bring to uh, talk, just yeah, just talk, just put the one, push the one on your number dial. Yeah. I just want to bring up the fact I'm up at 5 in the morning teaching in Pakistan because they're nine hours later than us. So I'll be dropping off at 12 o'clock, and I just really appreciate the opportunity to be with you tonight, Robert and Steve. I appreciate what he has said, and it's all a very positive way of thinking today. So uh, go ahead and bring Kelly on. It's good to hear from him again. Yeah, and first, uh, Kelly, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on, but I hear, Kelly, as I'm opening up your mic, uh, that you have a new girlfriend, um, why don't you tell us about her? Oh yeah, <clears throat> so Alexisha. Um, well, before I, I, I have to tell people about an urgent warning though, <clears throat> for their own health and safety. See, there was a Chinese missile that they launched way, way up high, and it got out of control, and it just floundering about, and it could land on you. So tomorrow, when you're out walking about, keep your head up at the sky because you know what'll happen if that missile lands on you. Um, you'll die of COVID. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's good to hear uh, Dr. Tolbert's here. But uh, yeah, my new uh, new girlfriend. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Zelexia, uh, Zelexisha. Um, see, I, I I saw a spoof. Um, Hey, no, Kelly, Kelly, you know my Kelly, you know my wife's name is Alicia out of Venezuela, and she's only forty-five. And so, but now you have one, and I married one. We can sit there and celebrate in the next couple months. Well, uh, this is this is a spoof on uh, COVID nineteen. So I saw this picture. I have to describe the picture to, to you before I tell you about my new girlfriend. All right. So on <clears throat> Facebook, somebody had this uh, two women. Uh, the one on the right is just a real beautiful, you know, European. And then they merge the eyes, and then there's another woman that looks like an alien gray. You know, the the brown eyes that look like an egg, you know, big big egg-looking eye. So they're kind of talking about genetic mutations. And so, I, you know, whether or not COVID-19 is going to change genetics, I just take this as a uh, opportunity for a joke. So... You know, I'm <clears throat> meet my new girlfriend. So, like Isha, uh, after my second COVID-19 shot, my genetics were changed so I could board the UFO at Area 51. Really plush interior, smooth riding space, except four is a little bouncy. And the alien girls are now attracted to me. Uh, these being from obviously another planet, but all they want to do is have fun. They find me very hot. Well, okay, not so hot, but they tell me that I'm one of the rare men to actually survive the genetic transformation from the shot. But I am a one-woman man. The girl on the left is my new love, Zalaxisha. If her image were to be translated to human, she would look like the girl on the right. And I'm in love, so the girl on the right is a normal human, but the alien looks really ugly. Okay, so guys, after you take the shot, you will have your own harem if you survive. There are a lot of lonely female aliens up in space. After the shot, you too will see these alien women are stunningly beautiful as displayed on 
AlienGreyMatch.com. <laughs> uh, Area 51, animal-human hybrids. <laughs> animal-human well. hybrids, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's going to be a major Joe, conversation. Joe, it's always good uh, for, uh, for, for interjecting a little humor into our evening. And uh, so we do only got about uh, – 11 minutes left, so if you're in the chat and you'd like to listen to the uh, the last hour of the program, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, you're welcome to uh, still listen, and you still, I think you still be able to type in the chat. Uh, but if you'd like to uh, talk with us live, so I wouldn't mind hearing some, uh, some other voices, of course. Nothing gets the gentleman here, uh, but we always say here at Bard's Logic, the more the merrier. Uh, so that and then just push the one on your number dial, and we get you into the show. But go ahead, Kelly. Sorry for interrupting, but I did have to get that programming note out, as you know. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I've heard of the more recent uh, attempt of the left claiming that the reason why we declared independence from Great Britain was so that we could keep our slaves. And I'm like, I can't believe that they're coming up with that because Pennsylvania in – was around 1750s, as a colony, as a colonial legislature, outlawed slavery. Pennsylvania did. And so other states were moving that way, but what happened was after the colonial legislature of Pennsylvania outlawed slavery, the king of England said, nope, you're going to keep your slaves. And Pennsylvania legislature like, what? What? And so – and that was one of the points of the Declaration of Independence. The king would nullify the colonial legislature's laws, and they would even uh, – the king of, king of England said, you know what? We'd tell you what, guys. Don't even convene your legislature. <laughs> all 13 colonies and some of the – well, pretty much all the governors because in, in those days, the governor would call the legislature, and it's still uh, like in the California Constitution – the legislature shall meet from this time to this time, except if called by the governor. That tradition is still going on. But uh, King George says, nah, governors, just don't call your legislatures anymore. So this fib, I mean, I could really go into this very deeply. This this big new uh, lie from the left saying, oh, uh, independence was so we keep our slaves. Well, yeah. Another way to look at this is that, look, look Thomas Jefferson in 1805 ended – and, and, and our Congress ended. They ended any importation of slaves. That was it. No more importation. And that actually affected Great Britain because the British. If you're old, you got to watch the movie. It's so so inspiring. It's called Amazing Grace. It's about William Wilberforce, who was a MP or a member of Parliament in the British uh, Parliament, and he was working. <laughs> Uh, he was actually one who introduced the idea of suing for peace with the colonies, us, and then he was working for years and years and years and years to end the slave trade. And they found a, uh, a way to um, cause the ships, the slave trade ships, to be sunk by pirates. They, the British were uh, – the pirateers, not the pirates, the, the slave trading ships were using American flags instead of British flags. British flags and pirateers would, would, would attack the British slave ships, so they were bearing the American flags. So Wilberforce, what he did was 
uh, got it passed in Parliament after multiple times to end the slave trade. He got it passed that British slave traders ships cannot use the American flag anymore. And then, then what happens? So then what happened was the um, ships were being attacked, and as a business enterprise, they went under. They went bankrupt. Now the slave traders had such a stronghold in the British Parliament because they were they were paying to get their MPs into power. And that's why he couldn't end the slave trade because the MPs were too strong, too heavily backed financially. So the slave trade ships go down. The MPs get out of uh, parliament that were pro-slavery, and then he finally outlawed uh, slavery in Great Britain, and it, it was actually steps. But had America still been a British colony… We would have been buying the slaves. I don't like that whole thought, but we would have, have continued um, the profit to keep the MPs in Great Britain. In other words, um, the slave trade with the colonies would have kept – had we stayed a British colony – would have kept the pro-slavery MPs in office in Great Britain. So the opposite could very well be true where when we became our independent nation… And we ended the importation of slaves. It hurt the pocket of the British uh, financially, so they couldn't get their MPs into parliament, which eventually caused uh, freedom for the slaves in Great Britain. Isn't that fascinating? So the left is turning the truth upside down to create more division, more hate, more violence, more – come on, people. Stop it. Gosh, if you bleed red, if you bleed red… You're an American just as much as I am, but I can't believe that they're starting to do this. And there was that Lincoln Project and the 1620 book. It's just mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. So what about the northern states that fought for the freedom of the slaves in the Civil War? What about that? How about the reparations to – oh, wait. My great-great-great-something grandfather was in the Civil War. Do I get reparations for helping to free I, I can't believe the divisive tactics that the left is doing, trying to prey upon the prejudices of the people. Can't they focus their energy maybe on big corporations that are trying to divert the government so that the corporations make more and more and more profit? That would be a better place to um, – I mean that would help in the poverty level too. It's 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 just frustrating. It's just frustrating. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are. Well, uh, let's open up. Uh, we do got uh, uh, Robert on the line, so let's bring Robert in. And so what we'll do is in our roundtable here is uh, we'll get in Robert, and then we'll bring it back uh, to uh, you, Steve. And then uh, I know Dr. Tolbert has to uh, go. So before we bring in Robert. Uh, uh, Dr. Torbert, you want to do uh, your closing comments for tonight. We certainly appreciate coming, uh, you coming back on the show, and we hope to hear from you uh, again soon. But uh, go ahead with your closing comments, and we'll bring in Robert, and then we'll bring it back uh, to you, Steve. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Oh, real quick, yeah, before that, uh, if, you're, if you're still out there, you want to call in 347-945-7428 because you only got about four minutes, and you're going to lose audio if you're not called into the, uh, the show. Uh, there will be time left after that, which will also be part of the uh, the archive part of the podcast. Go ahead, Dr. Colbert. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to close with a brief opening summary of the ELA, the 
uh, English um, language arts uh, that the federal government, Department of Education, is trying to lay upon the states to, again, manipulate as they did with Common Core. And I'm asking that every listener today uh, go to Google, pull up ELA, uh, read about how there's a grant being paid to the states if they follow the Department of Education and its violation of the Tenth Amendment and how we have, again, ended up with the failure of the United States being constitutionally correct under our seven articles and our 27 amendments and how the Tenth Amendment's being violated and the intent of the show tonight is that we're all motivated, we have an assignment, and we're going to close it with the word focus, follow one course until successful. And God bless you, Robert, for the opportunity. And Steve and Kelly, it's good talking to you. And we'll have a conversation when God opens the door again. Thank you guys very much. Thank you very much, night, uh, Dr. Tober. You take care and uh, take care and be safe. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk with you soon. We'll, we'll see all those uh, emails. And thanks for all, all of your input yeah, there I tonight. Should, I should the emails. The book is going to make a lot of money, and we'll all be rich and we'll quit. How's that? Well, there you go. That sounds good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm as middle class as middle class comes, Dr. Tolbert. <laughs> Take care. God bless you guys. Take care. You too. Uh, Thank you. It, it's, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, yes, if you'd like to uh, call in, you only got two minutes at 347-945-7428. Uh, if you do not join us in the next hour, uh, please take the uh, time tonight to – uh, take the link here on uh, Blog Talk Radio uh, and share the link with your friends well on your social media, on your emails. Uh, there's a lot of good information Dr. Tolbert uh, and others here has imparted on us tonight, and that's one of the things that makes uh, Bard's Logic such a, a great grassroots show. That's why we say it's uh, the grassroots We the People show, and it's your show. Uh, so uh, please uh, share out to the others of We the People so they can get the information on uh, this program tonight, so that would be really appreciated. So let's go ahead and welcome Robert. Uh, thank you very much, Robert, uh, for coming to the show. But first off, like, so uh, can you get your name, please? He said, Robert, and I said, yes. He goes, that's my name. I said, oh, okay, well, that's my name too. <laughs> we welcome Robert uh, again. How are, you, how are you doing tonight? Uh, very good. Thank you for having me on your show, Robert. <laughs> it's going to kind of echo there, and uh, I, I don't want to steal a Kelly Thunder there, but uh, there was a situation at the border where a uh, an illegal wanted to get into into the United States, and he was pleading with the with the border patrol, and the border patrol had sympathy for this, this gentleman, and he asked him, "Okay, you can come in if you can use in a sentence to colors pink, green, and yellow." So the the illegal goes, "Well, when the phone when the phone rings, I pink it up and I say yellow." So he was in. I got it. Yeah, it's a funny little joke. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, if the wrong person heard that joke, they get awfully, awfully offended, Robert. Um, it's a good thing we're supposed to be a bard's logic after dark, where sometimes we offend people. Uh, no, I'm just oh. kidding. But um, I, I made it within the time. Then okay, I got you. I'll keep it clean for now on. 
Oh, no, it's um, okay. No, just, I'm fine with it. It was a funny little joke. I mean, but uh, other pe- – not people here. I'm just saying we do get uh, liberals who listen sometimes, and they'll get very upset by that, 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 that bad joke, even though it was all in fun. I mean, I think people take some things way too seriously anymore. But go ahead. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, if you're going their their show, they're, they're really vicious to you. But um, um, anyways, I was the other night. I heard a conversation. This guy was talking about going to a restaurant and ordering his food was like ordering stuff off of Amazon. Is, is that is anyone encountered that where uh, you get your menu and then you you pretty much you uh, they give you this tablet and you check off what you want and then a person serves you your food. Is that has anyone encountered something like that? Heard that that I've heard that that might be uh, coming, especially if uh, they they do that raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. The, I've heard something of that in regards to you know if they do uh, pass that fifteen dollar an hour you know minimum wage. Yeah, because I guess this is San Diego. I guess that's where this happened, and I was just astonished. I mean, I can see that. If that's the case, boy, it's just really going to be a, a mess. This whole fifteen dollars an, an hour. I mean, let's let's be honest, folks. Nothing against nothing against teenagers and young adults, but what business is going to hire a teenager, especially one just starting in the workforce, for fifteen dollars an hour? I think those those folks are the people who aren't as highly educated. Um, you know, who, who's going to hire somebody who's not educated in some sort, you know, or or, in, or at least in college or something, and, and, and hire them for $15 an hour? Who's going to do that? What company would do that? I, I agree. I, I myself, I, I, I like to have a hamburger without cheese. And if I go to McDonald's, I have to check my bag before I leave because if damn it, they don't, they will put, put a cheeseburger in there. And... <laughs> Well, it's funny you said that, Robert, is I had I actually had McDonald's. And, yeah, talk about it. You know what? Don't be mad at me, Steve. I know you'd be like, Robert, I can't believe you're eating like that. Um, I would like to eat the way that you uh, that you suggest, uh, Steve, but and believe me, I'd love to, just our schedule and everything. And I'm hoping, really, really hoping one day uh, to make it happen. I know hoping is not going to get me there, but. But anyway, but but the point of my story here is, you know, I ordered a, a Sunday uh, with uh, with my meal uh, actually just a couple of days ago. It might have been actually just been as early as yesterday, and I ordered a hot fudge Sundae. They 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 put it out the little window, and there's not even any hot, hot fudge on it. It's just the ice cream, which was still all right, and 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 probably you know the hot fudge I I could do without it, you know. <laughs> But just to, to, to go with your point, Robert, is yeah. I mean, if you can, if you if you can't remember to put hot fudge on a hot fudge sundae, or you can't remember to not put a slice of cheese on a hamburger, then I really don't think that's someone who deserves fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> just Thank you. I mean, and, and that's okay. I mean. I mean, because they don't make $15 an hour, I don't expect like, – and if that stuff happens, fine. But let me tell you something. Think of the customer service. Think of the customers on how a customer is going to start treating these 
employees, if they're making $15 an hour and they screw up your cheeseburger, or they screw up your, your, your Sunday, I'm going to be pissed. Because it's like, why am, I, why am I paying now almost double? Because right now my, my cheeseburger that was probably $2.50 is probably going to be like $5 now because they pretty much doubled so many at McDonald's salary. And then I ordered a cheeseburger, and I wanted extra pickles, extra onion, and you didn't, and it came without pickles and onion. Well, I'm paying for a $5 burger for you getting it wrong. So I tell you, that's right. a lot more people picked off. <laughs> because it's like, look, if you're going to make 15 bucks an hour, we're going to expect more from you. I don't know if, they, I don't know if that really has sunk into people. I, I, you got a great point right there because, like myself, you know, I'm already going to pay extra fifty cents without the cheese. I mean, I'm already getting done over it on that part, so I accept that. But I like to have it correctly made, without having to check just for just for the sake that they know how to prepare this for it. And it, it's just it's amazing because I just found out that my boss is paying a kid at my work, and I'm a color applicator, and. He's paying him 15 bucks an hour, and I was just – I was, like, floored the other day, and I found out. Because these kids now that come out to the workforce, they don't have the skills. They just don't um, – tool-wise, just, just tools. I, I couldn't believe, like uh, – he this kid didn't know what a knife sharpener was. He didn't know it exists, a knife sharpener. I, I was just amazed. But then I found out he didn't have a – his dad's been in and out of his life. Well, I can kind of see that, you know, you don't have that kind of influence. But, my God, some things, it, it, it's amazing that they just don't know what our tools and, and their experience. It's just really bad. And he got 50, he's getting 15 bucks an hour, and not too much farther we're on that. Well, and, and you make up a great point, and I've made this point to a lot of people, is that, so what about those people who work in a grocery store? They start off, you know, they, they they started off in, you know, making whatever minimum wage probably, and it took them a couple decades over the years. Because, you, know, you know, they get raises 30 cents here, you know, 20 cents there, you know, maybe, oh, my gosh, you feel great if you got a 50-cent raise, right? So yeah. it takes years. These people are working years to get up to $15 an hour. And then you have somebody who just starts making the same amount that you it took you years are are the people who've been working their years already making fifteen dollars an hour are they going to get a, a, a compensatory raise no they're not they're not going to get that so now you just cause more workforce animosity because you got somebody who's green behind the ear so to speak making the same money as a veteran not not a military veteran but someone who's been with the company for years who actually earned that fifteen dollars an hour, and I think it's just going to cause animosity in the workforce. Yeah, that, that he nailed it right there because it, it's a lot, a long time for that person, like you said, that that got that seventy-five cent raise up, and then like you said, someone jumps on there, and they're making about the same as you are, and you're just like, my God, I busted my ass all this time. It's a slap in the face. No, it really is. Uh, it really is to a lot of people. I, 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 I again, and they think just like this. Uh, that, yeah, I know we're kind of getting off our topics tonight, but just about those, you know, the, the, the capital gains taxes that the Biden administration wants to do. I mean, do they really think oh. they're going to be great rate taxes on these business owners and uh, 
you know, see, that's the hypocrisy of the left, okay, is that they try to say, well, we're not going to tax, you know, if you're, like Biden, Biden, if you're making $400,000 or less a year, you're not going to get any taxes. You're not going to see any more taxes. Well, wait a minute. If you raise the corporate tax, guess what? That, that, that cost is going to filter down to the consumer because they're not going to pay for that. Okay, you'll raise the federal gas tax. Guess what? That's raising the taxes on the middle class, people uh, making you know, less than $400,000. And then you had Buttigieg, you know, who I call Buttnut. Um, you know, he, he proposed, and it fell flat on his face because it's a, definitely a tax on uh, the, the middle class and even the, the poor. If he wanted to do a mileage tax, so charge yeah. mileage, you know, charge you know, charge mileage on, you know, you know, on your vehicle. So, for them to try to have the audacity to try to convince people that their tax policies isn't going to make taxes go up for anyone, you know, under, you know, making four hundred thousand dollars a year. Frankly, it's a lie. It's a bold face. It's a bold faced lie. You nailed it right there. Well, one thing, too, I remember Obama used to say that anyone that wants to get in, in the level could be in the – sorry, what I want, um, be in the middle class. And I was like, wait a minute. Everyone could be in the middle class. Anyone can be. I don't want to just be in the middle class. I want to be the top class. You know, I'm going to strive for the best I could. And he was always trying to say that you know, anyone in America can be in the middle class. How great that is! How how my economy is going to make sure that anyone from the poverty poverty can be in the middle class? It's like, what? I mean, why sheep for just the middle class when you could be in in the the, the top class, you know? And he always strived for that. Then he made it so that people could never get out of the poor area. Well, and that's what their socialist agenda is for. It really is. That's except for except for good. except for the you know the, except for the elites. Except for the autocrats, right? The oligarchy, uh, whichever yes. way you want to, you know, want to put it. So, you know, basically, it's I, and, and here's where I, I, you know, there's people who um, here's one of the things that I mean, I know a lot of people think, oh, they're going they're going to crash the, you know, they're going to crash the economy. I don't know if they're going to crash it per se, um, as bad as what some people think. Now, I think. I think we're going to be hurting like we were in the Carter administration. And now, but remember, it, it took the Carter uh, uh, regime for us to get Reagan for eight years. So if they, if, if, if they're just like Carter, which I, I think they're going to be, then it's going to be really, it's going to be rough the next four years. But then after that, you know, maybe we'll be able to get them out for a period of time. Uh, but anyway. Uh, is, you know, I don't think they're going to crash it because they still need people to make, they still need a middle class that, that makes money because I don't, you know, because they're the ones who, that, you know, they're going to need them uh, because right. they're going to have to have some consumers. My contention is, is we'll, we'll just be able to get, we'll just be able to afford the basics. We'll, we, won't, we won't be able to take those trips that we like to do. We won't like to be able to, you know, pay for those extras. 
you know, if you want to get a, go to a masseuse, you're not going to be able to afford to go to a masseuse. Of course, that's going to hurt people who want to be masseuses, right? Um, you know, or you'll have to not get your hair cut as much, you know, because getting a haircut isn't something you do because you want to look presentable for work. It's a luxury that now you can afford to just get a haircut, you know, every every once in a while. And you won't be able to you won't be able to make those trips. You won't be able to buy that extra, uh, you know, stuff for your yard. You know, things of that nature. You're only you'd be able to get the oh. basics. Yeah. Oh boy, that can change. That you're right. You know that there. And plus, like you're saying, with a haircut for a job, well, then that just scares management. They don't like that. That's <laughs> because that's a threat. That's a, too much of a threat for them. Yeah, so we um so uh, were you uh, listening in earlier tonight uh, on the show, or were you a, a late caller, Robert? I'm a late caller. I just tuned in tonight, and uh, it's it sounded like you you really wanted me to come on, so I thought I'd just help you out. Oh no, uh, certainly we like to hear uh, different voices, different points points of view, uh, certainly. And now, where are you located? Uh, what state in? I'm in Southern California. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, Kelly's in nor- – you're in Northern I, California, correct, correct, Kelly? I know I know Suzette very well. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I was hoping to hear from Suzette as well. Um, but, okay, so, yeah, because she's in Southern California as well, I would imagine. Uh, so yeah, how about – okay, here. well, since, since we're on the vein of that, what do you, what do you think about um, uh, Jenner uh, and, and, and her campaign or – I, I still think Jenner. of Jenner as a as a man, so I I have a hard time calling you know Caitlyn Jenner a, a her, but and, and that's not out of any disrespect. I mean, I know she did what she did, but I'm just I'm not not you. I'm still just not used to it, you know. Um, it you know Bruce Jenner used. being Caitlyn Jenner. I'm just not used to it. I mean, hey, if he, if he wants to do that, you know, that's fine. But I just I just. I just can't – it's just something I can't get used to for somebody who, you know, I've known of their name for years, you know. <laughs> well, well, I still think of it as Bruce, and as long as he doesn't pull an Arnold on us, we'll be okay. I mean because he fits – he will fit the agenda for the quota, and the only thing is is he's not a liberal, at least we, that I think he is not. I mean his views seem pretty on the, on the right way of looking at things. And in that case, I, he could help out. I mean, he, he could probably do some good. It's going to be hard because no one really can just come in office off the streets here here in California because it's just packed. Now, if the voters here the, and on local levels are able to help get these people out of the, those areas, then we have a chance. That's my thing. We, we just got to get rid of these long-term liberals that are there. They're just stuck, and people – they don't understand how long they've been in these positions because there's a couple of them and they've been it for years and they, they don't need jack. And and that's where it's, it well, all starts. Got to be better than Newsom. Got to be better than Newsom, I would think. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. I yeah, he's something else. It makes me sick. But I mean, we we have others like uh, even the mayor of L.A. Garcetti. He he's another piece of. Of, of the world that needs to go. And the people of L.A., just, they love him. Well, the rich do. He does what they want, what he wants. Or they want, excuse me. So if Bruce can come in there and, and um, 
you know, pull a triathlon on him, I'm happy with it. I, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't know he was a Republican. He, I know. Yes, he is. He's a Republican. I know, especially with him, him being with the, the Shapiro family there. And um, the thing is, too, is I'm afraid of this whole deal is, is um, Tom Steyer getting in the mix because he's got a lot of money, and he's thinking about running for governor. And if he does, we are totally screwed. You know, he is right. Uh, why, why, uh, why so? Why do you think it's uh, totally screwed? But um. Well, one thing, well, we'll get back to that, but I do see um, that we got uh, how much time's left, and I did want to uh, play this audio, and this is basically how some parents are, are working to, uh, you know, expose school wokeness and, you know, keep the, uh, you know, with our topic tonight, you know, we keep it, the, you know, some with our topic tonight. Uh, about critical race theory, and this is how some parents are dealing with it. So uh, give people some idea of how they can combat it if they're experiencing it at their school. My next guest has gone from concerned parent, like many of you, to legal activist, not only confronting the woke teachers in his district, but taking it one step further. Ian Pryor looked into the school district in his hometown, Loudoun County, Virginia, and got his hands on some of their internal documents including part of a presentation delivered by the Loudoun County Equity Director. Now, it's hard to read the fine print, but it's essentially a tool to help brainwash teachers into believing that white Christians are privileged. So everyone else is, of course, by default, oppressed. Ian Pryor, the father who uncovered these documents, joins me now. Ian, thank you so much. I've heard a lot about you. I've seen a great deal of your work. You also started up a website where people can chime in with the things that are helping uh, that are happening in their district when it comes to critical race theory. Tell me what started all of this off for you. Well, you know, this really started off in March uh, when there was a, a group of, of folks in a private Facebook group, including six school board members, that were calling for targeting parents for speaking out against critical race theory. And, that, you know, that really motivated people across ideological lines, um, you know, really everybody to figure out what was going on in our schools, why have we created a culture of bullying in our schools, in our community, that is affecting parents, it's affecting students, and it's really sort of tearing the community apart. So, you know, we started doing our, our due diligence. Um, there's a lot of people out here that are uh, sending FOIAs to Loudoun County Public Excellent. Schools, uncovering all all these documents that, that really show the divisive nature of what they're trying to indoctrinate our teachers with and then what our teachers would then indoctrinate our kids with. And it is really just appalling stuff. See, that's important. And now you're a lawyer, so and you've done some of this using FOIAs, but at the same, the Freedom of Information Act request, but at the same time, that you make a very good point. You know, this is the teachers' unions that seem to be moving this. And not every teacher, we've seen teachers push back and leave and go public, and, and many are as shocked as we are, but a lot of this uh, uh, material is, in fact, to indoctrinate the adults to continue, because many p adults are thinking, why are we doing this to children, and especially keeping classrooms closed? Other teachers are thinking, this is crazy as well. So are you finding that teachers are supporting you in this as you go through this in your community? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So we set up a political action committee, fightforschools.com, where, you know, we're getting all kinds of tips every day. A lot of the tips come from parents, but a lot of it comes from teachers. Teachers are fed up with having Excellent. to go through this, these brainwashing sessions, and they just don't want to teach the kids this stuff. But here's the thing. They are petrified to come out and speak out because they fear repercussions from well, the, the union. system, from the, the school the district, board. district, everybody, and, right? And the union. Yeah, I mean, this is where... Yeah, and then they'll be branded... And you can't get hired elsewhere, right? I mean, then, it, then it's a matter of, like, where do you go? You know, you, you, you're committed to your kids. You've got these school boards. And even in San Francisco, they're, they're recalling three members of the, of the school board up there. They would recall all of them, but they're not in the right you know, timeline of being able to do so. Is, this, is that something you're looking for? So in addition to gathering information, what do you hope is going to come from this? What, where, where do you want this to go? Sure. So it's really investigate, communicate, and activate. And so we've been doing the investigation with FOIAs. We've been doing the investigation with, you know, talking to teachers, talking to parents, and then we communicate it. We get it out there. We shine the spotlight of accountability on the school board, on the system. And then as far as activating, that's why we set up fightforschools.com so that we can then engage in a recall election, uh, in a recall petition to get these six school board members off the school board. I mean, they were in a private Facebook uh, room where crimes were being suggested, and they did absolutely nothing. Well, Ian, you, you're an example of someone who's been radicalized because of what has been going on. Congratulations, <laughs> sir, and uh, thank you very much for joining us. A very good example of taking control of your community. Thanks for joining us now. Hey, sh- And so, when they were talking about the Freedom of Information Act, so, uh, yeah, and they mentioned the website uh, as well, so, you know, certainly check, uh, check that out. And there's a list here that, you know, because you can, there's a video to it, and you can find the video at the Bards Logic newsroom at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. So go to the newsroom, and you'll see that uh, the video uh, that's associated. But on that video, there's one of the, uh, the documents, I guess, uh, that lists uh, groups that experience oppression against groups that experience privilege. You know how they're real big on the whole uh, privilege thing. So first we'll go down the list, you know, we'll go across with, with, uh, you know, who, first I'll say, okay, who the experiences oppression and then who experiences privilege. So according to them, uh, women uh, experience oppression where men experience privilege. And let me tell you something, folks. I don't, I mean, I don't see that. In my career, most of my managers have been female. So I don't know what they're, you know, what they're talking about there. Um, I, I mean, I even had a, now this lady was frankly a flaming liberal, um, but I had a lady who uh, blackballed me. So after I had an internship at this, at this place, uh, I could never get a, I, I could never get an interview uh, because of this lady. So for them to come and say, you know, oh well, you, men, you know, men have privilege and women, you know, you know, or do, do not. It just that's that, that's ridiculous. I've never experienced that, uh, you know, again in my uh, my experience. And so it says, uh, children experience oppression. Now, I guess that can be 
true, but I don't think as a group. See, I think they're talking about as a group they're oppressed, okay? They're talking about these people as a group. And I would say, yeah, I'm sure there's some children that's had oppression, but children as a group, no. And, and I think they want to – seriously, I, I think teachers want to, you know, put this forth on kids because I think they want their kids to rebel against their parents, even at a very early age, because if they can uh, – but they don't no longer see – because children want, and frankly, whether they want to admit it or not, need – or maybe that's backward. They need, and whether they want to admit it or not, want some type of authority, authority figure in their life. They, they just do. They want it. Even if they won't admit it, they want it. And if, the, if a child can't turn to their parents – who, according to them, adults are experience, adults experience privilege over children. Then who 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 are they going to go to? If they can't get to their parents, then who are they going to go to? Liberal teachers. I mean, come, I mean, you know that's where that's about. And then you know the group that's oppressed, people of color, of course. And then there's of course the white privilege, which you know when people bring up white privilege to me, I I, I want to ask him this. I say. So is there a National uh, Association for the Advancement of Caucasian People? No. Is there a Caucasian College Fund? No. Is there affirmative action for Caucasians? No. Are there, you know, low-interest start business loans, you know, for, for starter business loans for Caucasians? No. I, and I may have already mentioned it. Is there a Caucasian college fund? No. So, so to say, you know, is there affirmative action in sports to make sure that the right amount of percent of, of Caucasians are basketball players or football players? No, there isn't. So to say there's white privilege, you know, after going through that litany, I, I, I just don't see that. And then non-Christians are oppressed. Remember, they're, they're trying to say these people as a group are oppressed. And then Christians have privilege. So I guess that's why they got to try to bring Christians in America down, because they feel like they have privilege. And then they say, you know, lesbians, gay, bisexual, queers. Um, how, how are they oppressed? I mean, they have, they have their own day. They have their own parade. Uh, you know, so I don't see how – I mean, they're – you know, heck, they, some of them even have their own bathrooms. And so, of course, the heterosexuals, according to them, experience privilege. It says gender nonconforming or oppressed with gender conforming, which, you know, I think it's oppressive that what I think, I think, I think the, uh, the gender nonconforming are oppressed because how oppressive must it be to not know what pronoun you are or pronouns. That's got to be tough to not know what pronoun or pronouns you are. So, I mean, I could see where that could be oppressive. I mean, you know, you don't really know which ones to, to adhere to. And then you have uh, 50 years and older. So I, I'm, I'm, I think, I guess I'm going to start uh, experiencing oppression soon. I'll let you guys know when I do. Uh, so 25 to 50 years old, they're privileged. They're privileged. And let's see, immigrants are oppressed, whereas they can get to come into the country, 
without a COVID test. And we can't go on a plane without one. Yeah, yeah, they're oppressed. Uh, They get money for doing nothing. But I work my ass off. Yeah, that's oppressed. New uh, U.S. born, of course, we're, we're privileged. Now, that I would have to agree with. I mean, I, I, I think being born in the United States is a privilege because where else would you want to be born? You know, so I guess you can say that's a privilege. You know, just like uh, my daughter had to do a paper one time uh, about, you know, where what she thinks is privilege. And she actually got a, a, a you know a 25 out of 25 on it and man i tell you what i really would like to read that i wonder if she still has oh I'm, i might read that on on the show one time because she you know she got 25 out of 25 which i was kind of surprised because it was really going off on stuff um and so i i would like to read that sometime i might ask her if she, if she still has that um but anyway going down the, down the list and i'll get your folks and we lost steven even on the line anymore so um and then it says the working class lower income backgrounds are are you know are oppressed over the middle or high income background are oppressed disabled are oppressed um the privileged are the current able body this is what they're teaching our kids it says uh not college educated or parents not college educated are or are oppressed of course, the college-educated are, are privileged. It's like, um, I worked for my college degree, so I don't know how that's considered a privilege when I had to work to do that. Single parent or parent uh, are raised by single parent. I, you know, I, didn't, I, I never felt, when I was a single dad, I never felt oppressed uh, by society. I, I, I didn't. I, I, it was harder. But that's the nature of things. Of course, it's going to be usually it's going to be harder for a single parent than it is, you know, than not. An adopted or foster child. Now, I can't. I don't know about adopted, but I'm I'm sure there's oppression with with foster children. I mean, I I, I really can't say anything about that. Um, that that probably is true. I don't know if it's systemic, but I'm sure it's true. There's some truth to it. And then, of course, you're oppressed if you. Uh, or English as a second language, hey, here's an idea. Become less prepped and become, if you're going to stay in this country, then become fluent in English. How about that? And we're almost done with the list here. Overweight people are oppressed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see where they're, you know, they're viewed differently, um, but it's unhealthy. But it's also unhealthy to be overweight. Um and so I, I don't think that I, – I, I think there's some places, shows and stuff that are actually glorifying people to be overweight when, when actually that's not healthy. I'm not saying you should make fun of people if they are, you know, or, or, or things of that nature, but I, I certainly don't think you should, you know, make it out as, as if it's glamorous because it's not. And I think, they're, I think they're going in the wrong direction for that. And then lastly, darker complexed people over the same race. Again, over lighter uh, complected people of the same race. Um, so I guess they're saying people who are tan. Well, that's not true. I mean, come on. Darker complected people of the same race. Really? How many people go out tanning or go to tanning beds? Because I guess they want to be darker complected than someone pale. So 
why would someone purposely make themselves darker complected if they're oppressed? But anyway, there's that list, and let, let me get uh, your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, first, we'll go with uh, you, Kelly, and then you, Robert. Uh, that was a pretty extensive list. Did any of those stick out particularly prominently uh, for you, Kelly? Um, I'm sorry. I got distracted. Um, I was frustrated, though. At was, it, was, it, was it your new <laughs> girlfriend? <laughs> it was <laughs> um but I was shocked at how um the last conversation the junk that that teachers have to teach the kids or they're gonna lose their job. Our education system has to be completely overhauled so that it's local control. My gosh. I hate to be a teacher and hate teach junk that I didn't believe in. Or lose my job, and what are they going to do next? I mean, they can. Well, there's a lot of jobs they can do after teaching, but there shouldn't be this much power over teachers for an agenda. Unbelievable! What happened to the, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic? <coughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, um, here's some other people's thoughts first. Well, unfortunately, at this point, we only have uh, just us three. Uh, we again, again, we lost uh, Steve, and Dr. Tobor had to go, and so let's get Robert's thoughts. Well, thank you, and thank you for me having your show. Um, oh, anytime. Yeah, uh, with, with the oppression now, now parents are being would be oppressed with uh, teaching their kid Common Core. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, is how do you teach that when you don't know what it is? And and the, and the kids have to learn this, and, and you can't, and then you can't teach them something you don't know. And I just that right there was just that's just mind boggling in itself, as I look at. And uh, I, I was at I was watching TV one night doing my laundry, and I, I don't have a TV anymore. We, we we haven't had a TV for almost ten years, and I could see why because on the show I was watching from the CW network, and it was a show about a a girl being killed by a cop. And the whole reference to this whole show was just of what's going on today. At the end of the show, this girl, she does a podcast in her room, and she is like total BLM about how the cops should be defunded and, and white people should be pretty much strung up for all these crimes. That is what I'm getting the message from. I'm just like, my God, they're teaching these kids Right there, they're sponges, and they just they just they absorb this stuff, and that's what's really scary. Because at school, the teachers got them in. The, well, I don't know anymore because teachers teach from a, a monitor now. That I'm told, they're, they're the kids go into a, a room and they got their laptops, and the teacher teaches from that because they don't even come to school anymore. But still, not to say they can't indoctrinate these kids because they're like sponges, and it's just getting really scary. Where they're going to be a bunch of just little. Uh, God, a bunch of just sponges just together, and there'll be one massive group of them. Because remember in Germany, what the kids have would tell on their parents who are not wearing a mask because they're killing their grandparents or whatever it was. And it, it's just gotten crazy. I mean, what happened to good old-fashioned prejudice? 
Um, what do you mean by that? Good old-fashioned friend. <laughs> I don't know if I, I – you might want to clarify that one, Robert. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, well, now, instead of being considered um, – you weren't considered racist yet. You, you got to plead your case to being racist. Now you're straight racist. You, you, know, you can't just be prejudiced. You have to – you're straight racist. You, you get, don't go with, with today's view. It was just a joke I meant by that. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely wanted to. Uh, yeah, definitely want to clarify that. <laughs> but next, um, next on the list. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for. Uh, let's see. Yeah, because what it was was, was my daughter had a paper in college, right, for for a class of hers, and they gave a series of questions, uh, you know, a couple questions, and she had to write uh, a paragraph form uh, for that, for the questions. I'm hoping to get it because that was – I I was kind of shocked by her response, (laughs) Um, and and then I was even more shocked that I thought – again, I think she got like 25 points out of 25. Uh, because, you know, you, this is just stuff you don't say in, in school without any repercussions. Now, full disclosure, not full disclosure, but part of part disclosure is she does go to a private, uh, she does go to a private Catholic school, uh, college. And it's a smaller college, but they did have, uh, there was a video that I watched it that was talking about, uh, you know about about privilege, and I think we talked a little bit about it uh, on the show a, a couple of weeks ago or so uh, about it. So you know, so then that so that's what kind of triggered it because I'm like, wait a minute, I was really mad at first, but now um, you know because I'm like, what are they doing here, right? Um, and so I'm hoping to get it uh, tonight, but with, with the lack of time, see, I've been texted with uh, my daughter now about getting it, but I don't think I'll be able to have access to it before the end of the show, unfortunately. Um, but I do got a, uh, an article here uh, that I'll try to run uh, uh, run through it. And, uh, and then, again, if you want to see the full article, you can get it at the Bard's Logic uh Website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can find it on the uh, you can find it on the 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 bar, uh, gosh I even talked to that I must need I must need a cup of coffee uh, you can find it on the Bards Logic newsroom uh, but anyway it says Florida senators uh, call on Education Department to stop proposed priorities including 1619 project for American history and civics. It says, uh, wow, even Marco Rubio. Uh, Florida's two U.S. Senators, Marco Rubio and Rick Scott, joined U.S. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, and more than 30 members of the Senate Republican Conference in a letter to U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona requesting the withdrawal of the department's proposed priorities on American history and civic education. Uh, the full text of the letter is below. So proposed priority. So um, let's see. 
It says, Dear Secretary Cardona, we write to express grave concern with the department's efforts to reorient the bipartisan American history and civics education programs, including the presidential and congressional academies for American history and civics and the national activities programs away from their intended purposes towards a politicized and divisive agenda. So the 2020 survey found that only 51% of Americans can name the three branches of our federal government. Wow, that's terrible. A 2019 study found that majorities of Americans in 49 states and the District of Columbia would earn an F on the U.S. citizenship exam. The most recent National Assessment of Educational Progress found that just 15% of American eighth graders are proficient in U.S. history. School closures during the COVID-19 pandemic have almost certainly intensified these problems by triggering substantial learning losses, particularly for students from underground backgrounds. Meanwhile, as powerful institutions increasingly subject Americans to a drumbeat of revisionism and negativity about our nation's history and identity, uh, American pride has plummeted to its lowest le- this is terrible lowest levels in 20 years. This this is a time to strengthen the teachings of civics. And, like that that isn't up of enough is the terrible than the teaching of civics and American history and our schools. Instead, you propose your proposed priorities doubles down on divisive, radical, and historically dubious buzzwords and propagandas. For example, your proposed priorities applaud the New York Times 1619 project, the campaign to reframe the country's history, understanding 1619 as our true founding has become infamous for putting ill-informed advocacy ahead of historical accuracy. And so the uh, the article just, you know, just continues to go on. But I do want to get to this. Now, and so here's, the, here, here's what the, the project was, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> so... Here's uh, – I'll put this down here because I want to I read this. So this is actually stuff from – so it says, summarize what the workshop covered. The diversity video talked about the definition of diversity and why it is important to have diversity. We discussed four terms which are diversity – which are diversity, inclusion, equity, and equality. The difference between equity and equality, privilege, implicit bias, and three ways we can help make the school and world more diverse and inclusive. Number two, provide three of the terms discussed in the video and describe them using your own words. Diversity, where there's a range of people with different ethnicities. Three, What stood out to you about the school's diversity statement? Four, what are some ways you can work on your implicit bias? Think about what ways, what are some of the ways you can work on your implicit bias? Five, what privileges do you have? And six, what were the three things that the course suggested 
that all first-year students do to help the school uh, make the school diverse and inclusive. So let's see. No, this um, – so, okay, actually, this isn't the one I wanted to, to, uh, to read. Boy, I'm – Let's see. Well, here's this one, but there's another one I wanted to to go over. Okay. So I, I think I'd, I'll go over this one, but this isn't actually the one I was referring to. Uh, but this one says, uh, yeah. Well, you know what, folks? I apologize. That, that, I, that that's what the um, the reflection was that they wanted them to work on. What I wanted to go over was where they were talking about. Um, you know, I have to talk to you about it. It was just a, it was just a great paper. I wanted to bring up. Um, I, I, I was talking about uh, something else, but anyway, guys. So I mean, that's that's what we're experiencing in our schools. I mean, let's get your thoughts because we are are almost close to where I'm going to have to do closing uh, comments. And you may have heard my daughter in the background there because I, I I asked for the wrong project. There's a different project I wanted to to read from because we will one of our uh, topics, but let's go ahead and get closing comments uh, from you guys, um, or at least comments on that, and then we'll have to go to closing comments. So let's go ahead and give it over to you, Kelly, on that, and then uh, on that project, and then you, Robert, and then we'll have to go to closing comments. Go ahead. I'm sorry for the confusion on that. I, I thought I thought I was getting handed uh, a different project that she was given uh, from her school, so I wasn't quite expecting that. So go ahead. But that's still an example of what you know what they're doing, having our kids do. Um, is your daughter comfortable with that, or what does she think? Comfortable with what? With the project given to her. No, she wasn't. Um, you know, she didn't really know quite what to say. But um, I mean, she um, defined them because she had to. But her response was basically, you know, the only privilege I feel is being, uh, and maybe I should have uh, read it, but basically the privilege she feels is, is basically being born in the United States. So they want people to feel guilty for being born? <laughs> is that what they want? You know, it's concerning I think about they want to feel guilty days. about being. I think they want them to feel guilty about being born a Caucasian. Wow. I don't I'm I'm just in surprise. Um I remember way back in college, this is back in nineteen eighty four and eighty five. Um I had an English teacher that he was very liberal. Guy first name was Dennis. And uh, I don't think he liked my work because I was just kind of – I wasn't so quick to be a liberal, <clears throat> I guess. I think I got a lower grade because of it. I'm suspicious of that, and that sucks. I mean what if you put forth uh, in an English class a very well-written, incredibly well-written document, but you got a C or a C- minus because – they didn't like your position. What kind of accountability is there on teachers? Because once they're tenured, you know, you're stuck with them. 
I, I just, uh, how did this happen? I, I, I guess that's my my closing statement is, how did this happen? Well, I think the way it happened is, um, I think the way it, I think the way it happened is when the, these liberals go to college, right? Then they they go and take do majors and they get themselves in positions and jobs and careers in areas that can influence people, such as the media, such as entertainment, uh, you know, such as academia, right? So that's what that's what I think they did. Now, whereas conservatives. We get, you know get jobs to do something that contributes to the economy, basically, right? Well, that's a good point. That's a real good point. Productivity, you know, uh, you know, I'm obviously in the construction trade, doing uh, design and engineering and such. Um, it's very productive. Local homeless shelter. It's a more recent, bigger project, but still under construction because we don't have the greatest amount of money in the small town. But yeah, you look at the construction trades, most unless they're a union, most construction folk are, are conservative. You know, they didn't have the greatest education possibly, but these guys know their trade and the codes. Um, it's really good people. They're tough, rugged men too, obviously. And their sons are going to go into construction pos- probably. Um, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm scratching my head. I asked my doctor about the, my brother is a doctor. I asked him about what's their political bias, and he says it's pretty much mixed, you know, left and right. He's more mm-hmm. right. Um, but, yeah, you got a brilliant point there. Productivity, business. Most business folks I know, let's say, what, 80%, 90% are conservative. Productive. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm scratching my head. How did this happen? Yeah, I, maybe that's the answer. That's all I think that is. I mean, now how do they know to go into those? Maybe that's something that they have their they have conversations in. Um, you know, when they when they talk to their counselors or professors, they're like, I want to make a difference. What what should I get? You know. What you know? What what field should I get into? And so that that they probably have those type of conversations. Yeah, a little bit. Whereas, I mean, so we're basically yeah, the conservatives out there, you know, try to make money, right, uh, for their families. And so you have liberals try to get into the uh, places of influence, but then those are also also ones that might not always pay well, so they have to unionize so that they can get. so they can get funds, you know, to, to try to make as much as the people who are like entrepreneurs and things like that. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, there's some some government workers I run into, and they're like, "Well, I like public service. I can make twice as much as the private sector." Oh, really? Or is it some of the flunkies end up in government? I said some. When, in Siskiyou County, we got really good government people. And they're typically conservative because we're a rural type county. But I, I, in the big cities, some of these some of these government agents are like, 
Well, I can make twice as much as the private sector. Really? 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 You, what do you want? You want a cookie? You want uh, an applause? What do you want? Why do you say that? So a lot of a lot of <clears throat> they can't get a job teaching or in the private sector, and then they go into government, and that's why huge government bases like D.C. is totally left. There's a ton of government workers, obviously, in D.C., and then you go into Virginia, Maryland. Um, yeah, I'm scratching my head. Well, the noise you might have heard in the background is uh, my fire alarm went off at my house. <laughs> uh, so everything's okay, no fire, just can- just just candles, just candles being blown out. So there's this. So if you heard some screaming stuff, uh, you know, then that's what that is. <laughs> Sorry about that. Boy, it's been a chaotic night. I tell you what, it's a chaotic show. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Robert. Then I'll have to do closing comments, and then uh, you know, and then call it a, call it a night for this uh, this episode. <laughs> go ahead, Robert. Oh, I thought that was your diversity um, alarm going off. <laughs> there you go. That's what I think. I was like, oh, we've got one of them. Boy, I thought we'd have them in California first. Well. Um, I don't have much to say with this topic here. I mean, with the diversity, it's, it's now you're saying that your your kid had a, a project on it and had to write something about it. Yeah, yeah, she had done uh, in college. They had a papers. Yeah, there's uh, oh. a just a not just a a one page paper they had to write about it. Yeah. And how old is she? She's a, she's a she was a freshman in college. Oh, okay, okay. She she's she's a young adult. All right. Wow. I guess yeah. Uh, she, she would know more about that than anybody right now. Or the, the younger, young ones, they have a good idea what this diversity is all about. Because, uh, like I said, when did this all start? When is this uh, such a uh, an issue? Right. Uh, and, and I hate to cut you off there, Robert, but I just hit about the time. No, and so we do got to Yeah, we do got to get going. Um, so I have to now, get, get to close good. things out for. Yeah, I have to close things out for the night, but hopefully we'll see you on our special episode. I want to make sure I bring this out before I get our closing song uh, by Aubrey Ashburn. And, yes, don't uh, forget, folks, we have a special episode on Monday the 10th at our regular time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we will be interviewing the primary opponent of Adam Kinninger. We will have Jack Lombardi on to – uh, interview him on his campaign, and so that's going to be a special edition of Bard's Logic Political Talk on Monday, May the 10th at 10 p.m. So I hope you could join us. I uh, hope you could join us for our special uh, edition, uh, May 10th, uh, which is a Monday night. So hopefully you'll be able to join us then. Uh, but I do have to close things out, so I want to thank everyone, of course, uh, for coming to the show. I uh, hope to see you on Monday uh, for uh, the interview with uh, Jack Lombardi, again, running against uh, Adam Kinzinger uh, for the primary seat uh, there in Illinois. And so we'll uh, see you then, hopefully. But uh, thank you, everyone, of course. And we will end uh, tonight, as I do uh, every show, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, cause it's uh, 
nice melodical uh, music uh, to help kind of wind me down a little bit as best it can uh, <laughs> from, uh, from an exciting show. Uh, but thank you very much, folks. We will see you next time. Take care and good night. Thank you.